Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Marco Sparks. And I'm Benjamin Light. This is the part where you say what the episode title is. This is season five, episode 24. I'm a good girl. I am. It's a My Fair Lady reference. Uh-huh. Written by Oliver Goldstick and Maya Goldsmith. Directed by Oliver Goldstick. This is a fun episode. This is an amazingly fun episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, for only even complaining this season, I feel like this episode kind of kind of went in a win category for all of your nitpickers. I should say just at the top, when I watched this episode, I was not in the kind of best mental state to do so. I had LASIK surgery yesterday, and so I was kind of uh, somewhat drugged and kind of looking through weird plastic and whatnot as I watched this. So I feel like I'm a little off my game tonight. So Mark, you're going to have to take the lead. Okay. Uh, your, but, I gotta say, your eye kind of looks like uh, what Spencer did to that chair at Oxford. I am becoming Jenna thing. You, you are indeed. You just need yourself a shadow and maybe a maybe a Garrett. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just took some lorazepam. I've got some some energy drink here. I should be fine. <laughs> we'll nudge you if you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, if so, you hear a clunk in the other room, just just keep talking. <laughs> Um, what I like is, I just want to say that at the end of our previously on package in this one, uh, it ends with Allison passionately proclaiming that she did not kill Mona. And then we, we get something that I don't think we've ever really opened with before a new segment where it's, it's the actual new segment. Like we're not watching it on a TV. Yeah. It's like taking up the whole frame. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the guy who, I mean, I've only watched a few episodes of Parks and Rec, but it's the guy who plays Pert Happily, which I know was jarring for a lot of people because he plays this straight. It's bizarre to watch him talking like a normal person. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't watch Parks and Rec. I saw people talking about this guy, but it didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. He, uh, he plays a, like a news guy on that, but it's, but interesting. Uh, so he's with WDLH9 News and he says, as the trial enters its second month, the state's case against Alison DeLaurentis, the infamous teen accused of murdering her classmate, has taken a new turn. Here to tell us more is our expert on the case, Sarah Shepard. <laughs> and you get a little inset of Sarah Shepard in the upper right. She's a News 9 analyst. There's something kind of hilariously meta about this. Because yeah. newscaster's like, Sarah, you've been with this one since the beginning. <laughs> well, it's it's fascinating on, on so many levels. We kind of cut from... From where her picture is, before that was like that photo of Allison from the missing poster. So yeah, on the meta level, you have the author of the books, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is all this madness all came. But then also, <laughs> she's been on the show before as a substitute teacher called Mrs. Shepherd. She was only subbing till her news career took off. I guess so. Like she, I want that episode where she talks about how like that time that that maniac Arya Montgomery came storming into her class. <laughs> she was terrified. <laughs> where the hell is Ezra? Who, Mister Fitz? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so also a lot of people who got upset because for some reason they thought the trial was moving too slowly in last week's episode, which first of all, you got to understand how, how legal processes actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's been a month later. Like this trial is, is lasting some time. Um, so w- what would this trope be? Is this the self-insert fic trope? Possibly. But I think this I also I mean, there's the author is Avatar. Right. I think this also answers the people who complain that, like, like shouldn't this trial have been, like, a huge national media event? And I think the show's kind of addressing that because, I mean, come on. This is a white girl in America. Like, this is guaranteed ratings. I can see that on the one hand. On the other hand, I, I do not need a ton of, like, media coverage. I, that's one of the things I like about PLL. They, 
they use the the kind of news in the media when they need to, but it's not like we wouldn't want like a, a new Nancy Grace character to show up and like right. her, her just be there constantly harassing them all the time. Like that's just not fun. No, it's not fun. But I I think this works to address like mm-hmm. that kind of concern, but also to give you like that quick info dump. So uh, the newscaster's like, Sarah, even if this was the beginning, tell me, is this kid going down, down, down? And she says, she might, Bill. The DA has painted Allison as the ultimate mean girl. And it looks like one of her classmates knew that. <laughs> her abduction was Pulp Fiction. Zing. Uh, newscaster says, the defense claimed that Allison is a scapegoat. Could she be innocent? And Sarah Shepard says, we'll know more today. The prosecution, in its rebuttal, has just announced a surprise witness. Newscaster says, surprise witness, that must have rattled the defense team. And Sarah says, oh, it's rattled a lot of people. I'm pretty sure that, like, there's no such thing as surprise witnesses in actual trials. Um, There's, like, discovery and all that. You can't just, like, drop a a surprise on either the prosecution or defense, you know? Well, you know, since they got Douglas Circus, the prosecutor, they might as well have gotten, Mm -hmm. like, Perry Mason as Allison's lawyer. But, yeah. The judge is like, this is extremely unorthodox. I'm going to allow it. Because he allows everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we swipe right into the courtroom. We see all those people who are rattled, including our available pretty little liars, Aria, Emily, and Spencer. Um, Emily has all buttoned up shirts for this trial, but she has a skirt with it. Looks looks amazing, of course. So they're in the audience. They're, li- they're listening. There's a seat you see uh, Cindy and Mindy are behind them. Andrew's back there. Also, notice that Cindy and Mindy, they're rocking different hairstyles, different clothes from each other now. Like they've mm-hmm. declared their own identity. Um, but I have to wonder. So you're looking at what? five weeks of trial like have the liars been skipping school every no day? no way it's like a week later or something well they said we're going to the second month of the trial did they say second month yeah that said second week oh, they said oh second no they month. did say second month yeah. wow okay well what is it like may now or something who the hell knows but that's what i mean is like or is it second month like it was like march 30th and now it's april 2nd they're <laughs> like the second month of the trial but still, if they've been skipping school for even a few weeks, like, good luck holding on to that scat admission, are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's paying Andrew in sexual favors to keep that up for her. Mm. Or just the uh, <laughs> the whispered promise. Mm-hmm. So the trial resumes, and the judge she says, uh, Counselor, will you call your next witness, please? And, uh, you know, Douglas Sirk, a full-on character with that name, which I, I still I love that. I hope if we ever meet Rosewood's mayor, it's just Orson Welles. Um, but Douglas Sirk, you know, like the Commonwealth calls Leslie Stone to take the stand and the doors swing open and in Leslie. And like Rebecca, the lawyer, like looks to Allison, like, like, who is this? And Allison gives her this look like, fuck if I know. I feel like she's looking at Allie like, I didn't prepare for this. Did you? And Allie's like, no, you're my lawyer. (laughs) And Allie's just like, shit, I really need a new lawyer. Um, so Leslie walks in kind of hard faced. Avoiding the glares of the liar. She's all business now. She's adorable, too. Yeah, and uh, the liars are just watching. And Emily's like, I knew she was trouble. And Arya says, where's she been all this time? And Spencer says, probably took a while to cross the river sticks. Meow. Yeah. Uh, Leslie finishes up her swearing in. She says, I do. And she looks back at the liars, not without a bit of scorn. Oh, like, she's She flashing. has her, her like game revenge face on right now. Yeah, she's flashing murder. And liars are thinking, oh, shit, we might be fucked. Yeah, she looks furious. Um, Like, she, something about the actors, like, she she actually reminds me of, like, a little kid of her expression. Like, when a little kid is concentrating <laughs> on staying enraged. 
I wonder if the costume and hair is intentionally designed to remind us of Mona, because she certainly reminds me of Mona. Like I mean, the, she, she, the black and white. Yeah, and just the hair and the glasses. Like, I don't know. They, they feel like they, they're similarly styled and kind of a little bit of similar personality. Mm-hmm. Let me see that. Uh, so after the credits, we're still in the trial. Circus asking his questions of Leslie. And he says, uh, so you hadn't seen your friend since the school year began, but you were in constant communication, Leslie says. Mona and I talked on the phone a lot. We grew very close last summer. We texted all the time. So would this be when Mona was in Radley or summer before? Um, I mean, to me, last summer. Theoretically, it would March. be when she was in Radley. Yeah, but like, uh. that would imply to me last summer. Anyway, mm-hmm. so Cirque says, and on one occasion... Mona actually sent you a card, correct? Unless he says yes, and he says, and in this card... Well, he picks up the card and he shows it to the jury. He has a card. Mailed two weeks before Thanksgiving. What did Mona tell you? And she says, she was having a hard time, and she had been threatened by her. She points at Allison, and Allison looks uncomfortable. And all three of the liars look at her like, well, this is true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cirque says, uh, and what was the nature of this threat? And Leslie says, Allie said if Mona opened her trap about the fake kidnapping, that she'd be eaten by worms. And Lawyer Julie says, objection, hearsay. And Cirque says, the witness is quoting the victim, Your Honor. It's all in the card. Objection overruled. It's like the hardest Pulp Fiction ever. (laughs) Well, I don't know, man. Like, could you really put that into evidence without somebody verifying its authenticity? Uh, You know, go back to the uh, the Bethany Young Mm -hmm. thing that they found at Christmas. Uh, So, Judge Robson, of course, is objection overruled. Cirque to Leslie says, uh, and why have you decided to share this card with us now, Leslie? And Leslie says, I couldn't find it. It came during midterms, and I stuck it in a textbook. And honestly, I didn't take it seriously enough. Well, now the, the tears come in at just the right time to cover up her somewhat flimsy excuse for why this has suddenly appeared. Mm-hmm. And Cirque's like, why? And she says, everyone has feuds in high school. I didn't realize what Mona was dealing with until it was too late. And... I think to myself, did you have a lot of feuds back in high school? Um, I, I mean, not the way these girls do, but I think everybody had people in high school they just hated mm-hmm. um, and like, didn't get along with. I, I think that would be fair. I guess, you know, my feuds are successful enough that I was never put on trial for any of them. Um, so Leslie's like, and then when I came to see her mom, um, and Cirque's like, what happened then? And she's like, I realized something weird was going on. Even though Allison was already locked up, her friends were all on edge about anyone asking any questions or touching Mona's things. I was <laughs> practically attacked by Mona's boyfriend for borrowing a book from her room. And Ari's um, like, oh, shit. Yeah, the liars are all just thinking like, oh, fuck this. Um, but it's it's funny because this is basically true from Leslie's point of view. They're all kind of getting hoisted on their own petards here. Yeah. Um, so, of course, Andrew says, oh, this is the perfect time for me to scoot on up and take your hand, Arya. My opening of his yeah. uh, cut on his knuckle. Yeah, you're too busy watching the testimony, so now it's time to get a little physical. Uh, but Arya's basically just ignoring him. And Cirque's like, do you think that Allison's friends were hiding something to protect her? And Leslie says, yes. One of them, Hannah Marin, wouldn't even let me go into Mona's bedroom. She stalked me the entire time I was in Rosewood. <laughs> Which is funny, because that's exactly what Spencer told Hannah to do. Well, Spencer realizes it's time to go in damage control mode. She whips mm-hmm. out her phone, and Lemon's like, what are you doing? And Spencer's like calling Caleb, and she walks out of the courtroom, and you hear Cirque say, did you share your observations of Mona's mother? I'm a little curious what Ramona's mom is right now, but so we see Spencer, you know, coming down a hallway there in the building. It's still in the courthouse, but outside the courtroom. I think this is also the same set as the, like, stairwell in the school. 
Where Arya keeps dumping Ezra, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's on the phone talking to Caleb, uh, and she's like, if you're on your way there, tell Hannah that she's got, just got tossed under another wheel of the bus. You should probably call her mom, but uh, um, us first. And then she sees Why is she th- so thrown off? Officer Toby's approaching her. Oh, shit. Toby carrying some legal files. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of hangs up, and he cautiously approaches, and he's, hi, hi, you know, they both say hi. And he says, have they, have they taken a recess? And Spencer says, no, no, I just, I did. It's getting worse. And he says, I've been following the trial. Spencer says, I thought I would hear from you the second that Hannah was arrested. Toby's getting all like whiny. He's like, your mom said you were in London. It's like, try a little harder, Toby. And It's like he communicates with Veronica more than he communicates with Spencer. Yeah. And Spencer's like, I was, but I came back as soon as I could. And he's like, I, I, but I, I, I couldn't reach out yet. And Spencer's like, okay, because your boss is using us to build a case against me? So you said. Mm-hmm. And she's just glaring at him. Fuck you, buddy. Uh, she's like, I should probably get back. So she starts to go back upstairs. And he's like, wait, how did the interview go for Oxford? And she says, not well. Um, He kind of followed me to the UK. Packed some vials of blood in my bag without me knowing it. And my purse exploded and hemorrhaged all over a 200-year-old chair. It was actually horrifying. Another great line of dialogue that Troy and Belisario gets. <laughs> you should have called me. She's like, I was told not to, remember? And Toby gives like the I just pooped face. Well, he's he's been trying to perfect that wounded Toblerone face that he puts on when he's when he's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Not working. Spencer yeah. says, it's fine. I, I had a panic attack. I shredded my carry-on. I wanted to swing back to Philadelphia, but um, uh, Melissa's roommate helped me through it. He was very sweet. And there's this great moment where it's kind of they both at the same time realize like the implications of the sentence. Like Spencer's like, huh? And Toby's like, oh, uh, and then Emily shows up before anything can happen. She says, oh, uh, hey, Toby, we need to talk to Hannah soon. Spencer's like, why? What did Leslie say? And Emily's like, I can't. There are barracudas with duller teeth. Well, then Spencer gives Toby this look like she's just like. Say the gear, and then you know, like heads back up the, the stairs. Mm-hmm. I I really wondered though, like based on her wording, is Toby thinking to himself, like, first of all, what the fuck, and secondly, like, Ren? <laughs> that like, would that would hurt for old Toblerone. I wanted, that wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, I want a chance for Spencer to yell, "We were on a break." Mm-hmm. So we cut to prison. Uh, it's like a different area of like phone banks. We we see Hannah's on one payphone, uh, and Hannah's like stalked her. I did not stalk her. You told me to keep an eye on her at all times. We hear Spencer's on the phone, and Spencer's like, "Well, I probably would have let her go to the bathroom by herself." We pan down like a couple other inmates are on some of these payphones, and like three phones away, there's Alice on a payphone saying, "Who the hell is Leslie Stone? <laughs> I mean, does she go to our school? Because I've never even heard her name before today." I kind of love this whole setup where they're both on phones. Um, and I also like that Allie is out of the loop for once. That's well, it always gets, fun. Yeah, it gets even better. So we see that on the other end of these phone calls, we're in Spencer's living room. There's two iPhones, one white and one black. Like this is like lost metaphors mm-hmm. on a speaker call, handling both Hannah and Allison's calls. Like I love this. this it's like this crazy four-way call. Yeah. Well, I love this like fancy DIY like like conference call setup <laughs> they have here. Like this is what they do when Caleb's not around. Not that he would have done anything different. So Spencer, Ari, and Emily are like on the couch, like fielding their end of this. And Hannah's like, she lives near Mona's grandparents. Last summer, they became besties. And Emily's just like a bestie who couldn't be bothered to go to her funeral. And Ali says, yeah, and somehow dug up a greeting card that makes me look like squeaky from. Which N- Nice pull, I, Allie. 
I like the the Manson family reference. I think Squeaky, Squeaky was the one who tried to kill Gerald Ford, right? But yeah, if, I think so. if anything, isn't Arya the Squeaky from? Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just Squeaky. Who do you think of in the liars immediately? But yeah, Arya realizes it's time for her to get in this powwow, and she's like, "But guys, what if Leslie's here on behalf of another friend?" And Hannah's like. She's not Ace Pawn. Leslie really cared about Mona. That's why she wants to see Allie fry. And like behind Hannah, we see Allie like shoot a look over at her. <laughs> this nice little bitchy look. Like, hey, thanks. Thanks, bitch. <laughs> and Allie says, Allie, what does your lawyer say about this? And Allie's like, guys, we have nothing. What happened to the Varjack trail? And Arya's like, well, it, it led us back to Mona's house in this paper with weird phrases. Basically nowhere. So I guess that the they haven't cracked the code yet. Uh, I mean, come on, girls. Like, PLL Sherlock was on this days ago. Yeah, really. And Allie's like, well, I need something. I'm about to get life in prison because Mona wanted to use her last lore on the Hardy stamp. And Spencer says, Allison, what else can we do? We questioned Cyrus. We hunted down the pizza box number. Haney even tried to tell Tanner about A. We don't have an al- you don't or you don't have an alibi. And Allie's like, now you're sounding like my lawyer. She thinks going after a possible witness is a complete waste of time. And Hannah's like, wait, what witness? And Allie says, someone might have seen me on Thanksgiving. Spencer says, at the playground? You said you didn't see anybody. And Allie says, I didn't, but I might not have been alone there. Flashback. Or been there alone. Flashback. Well, I just want to say real quick, too. We got a great Hannah face when Allison, like, shit-talked Mona for a second there. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, Hannah is still, like, you know, she wants to revenge Mona's death. She's not letting that go. I don't think Allison really cares. She just wants to get off. But anyways... A flashback to Allison in that playground on Thanksgiving. Well, I don't uh, think that's necessary that Allison wouldn't care. It's that her like uh, hierarchy of needs, like yeah, right at the top forward. right now, is getting off. Like she'll feel about bad about Mona later. Yeah. So Allison's like sitting in this playground on Thanksgiving. There, she's like sitting on swings. The wind is blowing. I mean, the playgrounds around Roseville look fucking bleak. This they is all, a shitty playground. They all look like they're waiting for like Judgment Day from T two. Well, it's like Terminator 2 to happen any You've got now. some some old ass swings and like a jungle gym thing, and here's just like this like desolate concrete pipe that's probably like you know like five foot diameter just sitting there. I I really thought for a second, obviously it's not. I thought this was like the the playground from A is for Alive. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the same poor, terrible <laughs> post apocalyptic bleakness. Yeah, I mean I'm sure it's the same location. Um, yeah, so yeah. Allison's there. She has a like phone in hand. You, can't tell if she's uh like like answering leaving her voice mode it happens in scenes and she's just like like where the hell are you i've been here for an hour and i'm freezing and she hangs up yeah i think she just probably called cyrus um in case you're curious she is wearing more or less the same clothing that she wears in 512 when she shows up at the end except she has a scarf on now she also has her hair up probably like it's styled differently probably because she's cut her hair since the 512 Mm. and this is how they're hiding it more or less. But I mean, it, it is the same clothing, you know, all you uh, Alley Twin people out there. I, I don't think this is intended to, to mean anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she hangs up on what's probably Cyrus. And then she hears, we hear like something dropping in kind of like a hollow area somewhere, you know, like kind of a weird hollowed noise. And she's looking around. She doesn't see anything. And then we start hearing some more kind of weird noises. And she looks over and she sees like uh, next to that big ass concrete pipe, there's like this flower print shawl mm. just kind of like it like stuck in a bush yeah. and so Allie gets up and she kind of walks over and looks at the shawl and then she just kind of like yeah fuck this and like runs back to her car yeah and flashback and so back in jail Hannah's like why'd you run 
Allie says, I thought it might have been A, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> so Ari's like, so you don't know if it was a man or woman or me? And Spencer's like, or a squirrel. <laughs> and Allison's like, I saw the jacket and maybe someone was sleeping in there. And Emily's like, look, Allie, maybe if we went back there and we hear like a buzzing and the line disconnects. And Emily's like, hello. And we hear something busy signal droning. And Emily's like, what happened? You know, which after a month plus, I would think that, you know, you shouldn't be surprised by this, Emily. But Spencer's like, their time's up, which is meta as mm-hmm. fuck. Mm-hmm. Time's almost up. Uh, so later we see Arya's website paging in her room. Um, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast. I keep meaning to bring this up. <laughs> I was reading, might have been on Reddit, might have been somewhere else. Somebody's talking about going on the PLL set tour. Um, I don't know if this is true. I will, I will assume that it is, and I hope it is because it's funny. Uh, th- what they're saying is that when they went to the the Arya Montgomery room in like a living room and bedroom sets, they all seemed really small. Like all the sets apparently are small, but Arya seemed extra small. And the reason for that, they were told by the tour guides is that they build the sets to like 70 to 80% scale mm. because Lucy Hale is that tiny. Like she really is super tiny. And so they like needed to build the set smaller for her to like look correct. I don't know if that's true. I, I really want it to be true. Yeah. Uh, there was like a recent, I think, Instagram video where Mandy Lyon was talking about Lucy Hale getting her, her fitting for season mm-hmm. six and some of the stuff that, you know, is going to be in Arya's crazy fashion this coming year. And, uh, she's like kind of like looking around like, Lucy, where are you? Where are you? And then she like pulls Lucy Hale out of her pocket <laughs> <laughs> so she can like talk about the, uh, you know, animal hides that she'll be wearing. Yeah. It's again, it's the, what is this? How do you pronounce this? Is it like crust, sir? Exter. You mean the, the fake Google? Fake Google. So she's searching. X-T-S-E-R. Exter, I think, works fine. Okay. She's searching for Leslie Stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little late. Uh, from out in the house, we hear a muffled voice, maybe Byron, probably not, saying, Mike? And then we hear Mike's voice from the hallway, like, yeah, I'm coming. So Arya jumps up like the insane hellion that she is, throws open her door, drags Mike into her room. With both hands, she just, like, grabs his arm and yanks him in. Yeah. He's like, he's- whoa, whoa. He's wearing like an interesting looking like camo polo shirt. Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, where have you been? And he's like, I had a makeup test. I came back to get my stuff for practice. What's going on? It's here that I noticed the framed lepidoptery that Arya has on her wall. I don't think I've noticed that before. If it's oh, been the butterflies? There. Yeah. Uh, Arya's like, Mona's pal, Leslie, she took the stand yesterday. And she basically trashed you. Arya loves stirring shit up. I think mm-hmm. as Norbuk said, Arya's all about the dramatic moment. And Mike's like, what? I've only met that girl once. And she's like, yeah, well, you're kind of hard to forget when you try to pinch someone's head off. And Mike's just like, what did she say? Did you tell her that I was? And Arya's like, no, we can't talk to her. Mike says, Arya, if someone's trying to make me look like a hurt Mona. And Arya says, okay, just shut up and listen to me. There's a very good chance that you might get called in there to testify. And Mike's just like, bring it on. I'm ready to talk. I half expected her to slap him right there. Yeah. He tries to walk past her, and she's like, no, 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 you're not, Mike. You have to keep what you know to yourself. And Mike's just like, I already made a big that bit mistake. Uh, if I had gone to the cops the night I saw the blood and told them what Mona's planning, she might still be here. And Ari says, yeah, but if you bring up what Mona did, who she was helping, this could come back to bite you. It always does. And Mike says, so what, you're asking me to lie on your oath? And Ari says, no, I'm asking you to have three answers. Yes, no, and I don't remember. You got it. And he just like shakes his head, like just like, what kind of dangerous predator are you? Uh, I I love her 
her insanity and in trying to protect her family. I mean, it's it's been like a consistent Arya trait. I'm really hoping that she has to murder somebody someday, like other than Again. Shauna. Yeah, but she's so nuts right now that I half expected her to try to like talk Mike into marrying Leslie just so she couldn't testify against him. Well, her advice here, this is like some OG criminal moves. Yeah. Yes, no, and I don't remember. Like suddenly she's the competent uh, coach for the witness. Because it, it worked so well for Jason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the prison, we're in that room. That's because Jason's the- a fucking idiot. I feel like even Mike could do better than Jason. <laughs> this episode really examines the uh, the bro side. <laughs> <laughs> the testosterone side of the cast. Uh, so in the prison, we're in that room where the inmates line up to get their orange jumpsuits, which just felt There's like something I had. The laundry game in this prison is fierce. It, it's like all that happens is laundry. Yeah, it, it's like something out of like 1984 was happening here. Uh, a couple of days of shaved heads pick up theirs from Allison. And then Hannah comes up to get hers. And Allison's like, did you bring the paper? The words from Mona's mirror. And they're trying to seem like incognito about these, these two like tiny blonde girls. And the sassy guards notice this is taking a while. And she's like, what's the hold up? And Hannah's like, they're just words. They don't make any sense. So Hannah like slides the note over to Alice. And the guards like, they only come in two sides, girls. Yeah, because it's not like they really need to talk at all. Yeah. So Allie hands Hannah her clothes and she's written like a note on top of them. Hannah walks away and checks the note. It says, come back tomorrow, 8.05 p.m. So apparently they need to talk more. Yeah, they seriously, they cycle more laundry through this prison than like the post office mm. handles mail. Uh, Rosa PD, Toby's passing by a window in an office and there's Tanner working with two cops. Got out of this scene. Oh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of evidence on the table. This is like, I don't know, like the war room or whatever for these investigations. This is the uh, the super secret room of super secret secrets of evidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. And of course, there's a window into it with, with blinds on it so that we can see that the secret shit's going on there. It's like Tanner, a uh, uniform cop and a couple suits. There might as well be like a giant red arrow pointing down at the table. It's like, this is some serious fucking evidence. Yeah. So Toby's just looking through and Tanner catches his eye and kind of comes and peeks out the door. And she's like, Toby, hi, I'm so glad you're here. She comes out and shuts the door behind her. And Tanner's just like, would you mind doing a coffee run? And then I laughed for like a half hour straight. And everyone did. I had to pause it to (laughs) appreciate the moment. I wanted to like freeze frame, like frame by frame his face. He looks like he's about to cry. She, like, hands him some cash. I don't get it. I have been through the academy the same as every other officer here. So why am I being asked to photocopy parking tickets and fetch lattes while everybody else is working on a case? And Tanner just, like, stares at him blankly. Like, do you have to ask? Mm-hmm. And he's like, am I being punished for something? And she's like, oh, punished for what? And he's like, that night at the gallery break-in. Tanner's like, why would you be punished? You made an arrest. When I asked Reedy to go for a coffee run, it's because many of the officers are on back-to-backs. I just thought it would be nice to have fresh coffee. And she gives him this wonderful look. Like, it's just like, why don't you eat the shit that's rolling down hair? I fucking dare you to complain about it. Well, she, she goes back into the room, and he tries to follow her, and she just shuts the door in his face. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to then open it a second later and be like, oh, by the way, Toby, pick up my dry cleaning. Yeah. And then open it again. Non-fat. <laughs> Roma Mafia is so goddamn good in the show. I mean, I mean, oh my god, I have so much to say about Toblerone over the course of this episode. He's been on the force for like three months now. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know why he's not like all-star murder police yet. <laughs> yeah, he's the coffee boy. Like, 
He's expecting to get like the key to the city any day now. I could have used like a 10 minute long scene of each of the cops lining up to give him their orders. You know, where it's just like, okay, I need a tall, uh, non-fat, sugar-free syrup, pump and a half, no ice, but whipped cream. Do you got all that? And like the next person walks up. I would have continued that sequence on. I would have continued like the the close on his face as he drives the the patrol car over to the brew, <laughs> as he's standing in line, like dying inside, <laughs> crying in the bathroom. He um, gives all the orders to Ezra, and Ezra's like, "Okay, five mochas. <laughs> That'll be a buck fifty because we charge <laughs> peanuts here." Uh, so cut to Arius. By the way, I'm going out of business. You know Do you what, think you could break into the evidence office or locker and steal some drugs that I could sell? <laughs> or just put into the coffee. <laughs> people coming back. So go to Arya's house. Mike comes inside like a big package. I think it's like night now. It's, he comes in the living room. A big old like, box. Hey, and Arya's like chilling on the couch. And she's like, hey, mom, put your dinner in the fridge. What's that? And he sets down this, this big box on the coffee table. So Ella is back. She's possibly living in the house. She's more than likely also teaching at Rosewood High again. Like, it's amazing what happens in three months. Yeah, well, and she's apparently re- recruited Arya to, like, do some yearbook shit. Yeah, so uh-huh. Mike's, like, it was on the porch. It looks like photo supplies. Like, why are you suddenly in charge of all this? You're not even on yearbook. <laughs> Losers like Lucas. And Arya's like, because mom thinks that asking students to, s- to wipe lipstick from their teeth will distract me from the trial. Hand me your keys, would you? And he, he takes out, she takes his keys. He, she starts, like, trying to open the box. And Mike's like, he's thought long and hard about what he's about to say to her. And he's just mm-hmm. like, Arya, I can't keep this to myself. And she straight up's like, <sighs> he says, I could help Hannah and Allison if I told the police. The longer I wait. And Arya's like, Mike, stop, please. Uh, and she opens the rest of the box and takes out this like weird big ream of paper. Kind of just looks at it like, huh, what's this? And Mike's like, what's that smell? Chemicals? And he frowns and looks in the box. He takes out some bubble wrap. And then below, there's like a plastic lid that he lifts up. And he's like, what the hell? And Arya kind of gasps as he, he uses what appears to be like a knife to lift up this giant like tongue. And it's like a cow tongue or something. This giant ass, like meaty, dripping, totally gross tongue. It's fuck- it, That ta- tongue is bigger than Lucy Hale. Mm-hmm. That's a true thing. Uh, and Mike's just like, is that a tongue? And Arya's like, oh my god, put it down. Mike, put it down. And Mike says, who sent this to you? And Arya's like, who do you think? Now do you get it? This gift was for you. The next time it's going to be your tongue on that porch. <laughs> uh, and so he puts it down just as Ella's like calling from the hall. She's like, Mike? And so they like very quickly pack the box back up and close it just as she enters the room. She's like, is everything all right? I want Ella to be like, you guys stink. <laughs> Arya's like, yeah, everything's fine. Mike, go eat dinner and then we'll talk later. And Mike walks off and Ella's staring at Arya and Arya's trying, doing her best to not look totally sketchy and not really succeeding. It's adorable. Yeah. It's... She's just like, <laughs> Ella's like, you know, I've heard of resting bitch face. Mm-hmm. I guess this is just my daughter's resting face where she looks guilty as fuck. <laughs> so after the commercial, we're in the room to brew. It's the next day. We pan around a wall and there's Arya and Ezra talking. And Ezra's like, so when did this happen? She's like, last night, I was left out on my front porch. My mother could have opened that box. So oh, we, we got to talk about the outfit. Oh, yeah. She's wearing black boots, a black leather skirt, a pink shirt that says, Trey, Trey, Trey. I think it says chic at the bottom. Does it say chic at the bottom? I think so. Hmm. Yeah, it okay. says chic at the bottom. So it's Trey, Trey, chic. Yeah. 
but in white gold like it's all, I thought it was like a like a what do they call those uh fucking bro ne- like shell necklace thing. That's what I thought she was wearing at first. Was like a I think you mean it's a blue and black. It's a blue and black. Yeah, chain necklace, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but yeah, big pink shirt, tray tray chic, um ponytail, good old Aria. Yeah. You never know with that fashion. She's pink and black and just amazing. Uh, yeah, and so it so was like, I wish she had. Aria, do you and your brother being threatened? You need to take that little gift to the police. And Arya's like, Hannah made that mistake, and now she's sitting behind bars. Everybody got that? She does uh, the look around. She does the look around, and it's just, look, Ezra, I'm here because you get it. No, you don't. <laughs> you know what we're up against. So will you do it or not? And Ezra says, Arya, even if I can get him out of town, I, I can't stop him from showing up to court if he's been subpoenaed. I can't hide him. And Arya's like, I understand, but it's a long drive up to your cabin. So you can at least explain to him why it is necessary, why it is not necessary to volunteer dangerous information. And Ezra's like, well, "What? What about your parents? What do they say?" And Ari's like, "They're worried about Mike. They're totally up for him getting out of town." Uh, eh, that sounds likely. Uh, I find it hard to. I, I obviously I don't think she's lying, but mm-hmm. I still find it hard to believe that they would put their trust in this guy that as you don't far think she's lying. Concerned, has ruined their daughter's life. No, because I think that you kind of hear from the parents later that they uh, hmm. want to know how this is going. Um, I, I find it hard to believe. I, I feel like Ella's like, sure, get Mike out of town. But Ezra? Really? <laughs> I feel like Arya might have told Ella, like, hey, Ezra's taking Mike to a secret lacrosse cabin to practice with some <laughs> some college friends who know lacrosse. Ella would go, like, get a shotgun and kill Ezra. Yeah. You can't have both of my kids, Fitzgerald. Yeah, so, anyway, Arya, Ezra kind of, he leans back, puts a hand over his mouth like he's contemplating, and Arya's had enough of his stalling. She's like, you know what? Forget it. I came here because I didn't know who else to go to. I, And Ezra's like, don't read this silence as a no. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. It's a, it's a nice callback, perhaps, to season one, Ezra, when he was so fucking whipped mm-hmm. and wanted to be valuable. Yeah, and Ari's like, you and Mike, or you and... I'm sorry, let me get the the full line here. He says, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. And Ari says, you and Mike, or you and me? Which just, man, way to stick the knife in, Ari. Mm-hmm. He gives her this look like, Jesus, you're cold. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll pick you up at four. Or I'll pick him up at four. Yeah, I like that a lot of people have pointed out to us that uh, she's invoked the inviolate us mm-hmm. as we are. And he was all in. Yeah, so she sighs and walks off, and he's got to know this is a huge mistake. But it doesn't matter. what are you going to do? Ezra's been endgamed. Uh, mm-hmm. So we cut to the park outside day. Uh, Emily and Spencer pull up. Spencer, again, is dressed in the tartan skirt. Uh, this outfit makes it look like Troy and Belisario has legs that are easily 10 feet long. Yeah, she's got the kind of Catholic schoolgirl skirt on. It's super short, uh, and and it's like high up on her waist. So, yeah, her and Emily are both showing off a ton of leg here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they this is the the one that Allie was at Thanksgiving this shitty shitty park mm-hmm. uh, that they're walking into looks empty as they walk around that big concrete pipe is there and uh, Spencer says does Allison know we're doing this did you talk to her and Emily says no I didn't want her to get her hopes up or Hannah's so they go over to this concrete pipe and there's some like random trash inside Emily gets inside for a closer look I just kept thinking man you know this pipe just smells like urine like tons and well, tons of hot urine. <laughs> I think urine if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're really looking at hobo spunk. 
Yeah. Uh, so the funny thing is, Arya could probably stand in this pipe without even having to lower her head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then the other end of the pipe, some bro in a yellow shirt with like a little like divinity, what is it, divine trinity youth group. Some some church bro kind of peeks in from the other side and is like, can I help you? And the liars try to act cool. And Spencer's like, um, yeah, maybe we were just looking for somebody. And he's like playing hide and seek. And he's like, yeah, sort of. She's just pooped herself in yeah. shock. <laughs> this guy just nods dumbly, and Emily kind of gets out of the pipe, and Spencer walks around and talks to this guy, and she says, um, listen, this might sound a little bit crazy, but we were just looking to talk to anybody who might spend a lot of time here. And he's like, that would be me. Yeah, my church group, or my group comes up uh, a couple times a month. Our church bought the lot. And then we behind the liars, we see there's like more people in these yellow shirts walking by with trash bags. And Emily says, have you seen anyone sleeping in here? And Spencer says, or somebody who might spend a lot of time here by themselves during the day. The guy's like, are you two trying to fuck a hobo or something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Church Pro says, I've never seen anyone else up here besides us. But if you're trying to help the homeless, we're doing a real neat Easter supper. We could always use more volunteers. And Emily makes this face like she just wants to barf. Like, ugh, don't even get the idea. Uh, So he, uh, Takes out a card and hands it to Spencer, and Spencer says thanks. You see, the card says Matt Buckler from Divine Trinity Youth Group. In Harrisburg. Yeah. Well, they see, like, their logo is, like, a peace dove or whatever. I almost feel like the close-up of the card was to hit home the logo to you one more time, but maybe, just maybe, to, like, if if you were listening to this and you're like, oh, shit, it's Pastor Ted. He's connected to church. I feel like they're, like, saying no. No, although there has been another Matt Buckler um he let's see something about a letter toby got from radley had a matt buckler on it so he's probably somebody who works on the show it, yeah he probably is um oh he was the first vice president on the radley uh like officers okay wasn't like so, yeah he was on their letterhead so obviously like, it's just a probably production staff like oliver goldstick was like one of the the like board of trustees or whatever for radley too or something like that yeah arthur anderson yeah. janelle lennon yeah so i'm gonna guess matt buckler's just a somebody who works on the show so we get a the rosewood high yearbook photo shoot where one student is getting their phone photo taken under ella supervision meanwhile aria is dealing with with the forms for like the next line the girl in the line and aria is like reading the girl's form and she's like you're actually only allowed 26 words but if you need any editing suggestions the girl just like grabs the form back to her scratches just out yanks stuff, it away. scribbles Hands it back to Arya. And Arya's just like, like, I wanted to hand you my skills for editing. I feel like Arya just lets this, this girl has like full of bitchy attitude and it just rolls right off Arya. It's like she doesn't even realize that this girl probably hates Arya. Yeah, and Arya, well, I think Arya picks up to a certain extent because she's just like, perfect. Thanks. Uh, Molly Borman's ready. And then like Molly Borman's taking a picture. I have to say, I like Molly Borman. (laughs) I want to see her pop up again. I want to see what she wrote. Yeah, uh, uh, so as Arya's looking away, sneaky fucking Andrew sidles on in there, and then she turns around and, like, has a heart attack when she sees him. We should mention Ella's nearby. But yeah. yeah. Arya notices creepy Andrew here. She's like, whoa, wow, you scared me. And he's like, you never called me back. Totally normal way to start a creepy conversation. Yeah. Arya's Andrew, like, well, hold on. Andrew has kind of the, the bookish buff blonde version of, like, that Norman Bates creepy wholesomeness going on. I guess... I not seen that wholesome. Uh, Arya's <laughs> like, last night? Yeah, I'm sorry. There was family stuff. 
And he's like, what's going on? This is about Mike? And Arya's like, yeah, I asked Ezra to get him out of town for a couple days. The trial's starting to mess with his head. And Andrew's like, you asked Ezra for help? I thought you and he were... And Arya's like, no, we are. But we're still friends. And he bonded with Mike after Mona's memorial. I guess you could call it that. Sure. Andrew's like, I could bond with Mike too. You don't need a teaching degree for that. <laughs> and Arya's like, I know, but he's got this fuck cabin up in the Poconos. So my parents are comfortable with him taking Mike up there. There's and, like red flags on every side of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's like, I see. He's got mom and pop on his side too. It's like, holy shit, Andrew. Calm the fuck down. This ain't attractive. Yeah. Arya's like, Andrew, it's not a competition. I have a lot of history with Ezra, and so if he wants to be there for me, and Andrew's like, I've offered the same. Somehow you don't hear it when I say I'm here 24-7. Shut it down, Arya. Shut so, it down. Yeah, because just because you say something, it matters, right, Andrew? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Ella kind of says her here. She's like, uh, Arya? And Arya looks over, and Ella nods like, hey, you have another person in line here. Well, so, Ella had to notice this, yeah. I, yeah. I feel bad for the guy who's like sitting there like listening to this creepy conversation between Andrew and Arya. That guy's just like, dude, seriously. Yeah. Coming on a little strong. Yeah. Way strong. Uh, Arya's like, I hear you, okay? I do. And she gives him a kiss. And then she like turns to the It's student. like a smooch. Mm. It's not like super passionate. Well, I think she's definitely working to placate him. Because she's mm -hmm. touching his face. And she turns to the, the students when waiting. And she's like, hi, can I see your form? Thanks. And like, she starts going through the form while Andrew stares at her like a psychopath. Stares at her creepily, and then as we go to the next scene, we get the voiceover of Caleb talking from this next scene while we're still looking at Andrew being creepy. Mm -hmm. And what Caleb says is, showing up now seems a little convenient, doesn't it? <laughs> Which, this all feels like a commentary on Andrew here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we cut to Caleb talking to Hannah in jail. And Caleb's saying, this chick gets a letter from a pal claiming a death threat, and she never mentions it to the cops for months. And Hannah's like, can we not talk about that? And Caleb's like, she's making you and your friends look like a coven of witches. Okay, so the craft. Spencer is Neff Campbell. Arya is Feruza Balk. I guess Hannah would be Robin Tunney and Emily would be Rachel True? Uh, you know, I can only remember like half of the people in the craft. I had to look at Rachel True's name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know which one that was. I mean, just yeah. not the other ones, I guess. <laughs> Our dark god. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Hannah's like, I know. And Caleb's like, do you? Because you need somebody to stand up in that courtroom and tell the jury the truth. Because that four-eyed freak, before that four-eyed freak whips out some fake picture of you stashing weapon in Mona's sock drawer, do not put it past her. Which, little harsh, Caleb. Well, Hannah's like, she's kind of rubbing her head. She's looking pretty stressed out, looking away. And yeah. Hannah says, look, I, I, I only get to see you for 30 minutes. I don't want to spend 28 of them talking about this. It's like, yeah, Caleb, like, give your lady a little TLC here. Well, she's also so calm about this, despite being stressed out, that it scares me. Like, she's about to go be crucified for all the liar's sins, is the feeling I get. It terrifies me, because it's Hannah, you mm -hmm. know? Um, Caleb's like, what about Mike? I mean, he's still sitting on a hell of a story, Hannah. And she's like, leave him out of it. And he's like, why? And she says, because he's a kid. If he talks, that means two more years of high school, in high school being tortured by A. And Caleb's like, no. Not if Mike opens his mouth and sends the cops looking for the right person, which... Well, and Hannah just shakes her so head, great for sadly. Hannah. Yeah, I know. Um, well, Caleb, haven't you learned by now? Well, it reminds me a lot of... Her demeanor reminds me a lot of Ashley when she was in jail last season. Mm -hmm. you know, too accepting of her fate. Yeah, 
Caleb says, what am I supposed to do? How am I going to help you, Hannah? Do you really want me to just show up here twice a week and tell you what I thought of was funny on South Park? And it's like, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe that wouldn't be that bad for her. Just Was it a good one? Yeah. Uh, and Caleb says, I can't even hold your freaking hand. No touching. Uh, I feel like you're not helping by pointing all this shit out that she already knows, Caleb. Yeah. And he's like, I love you, Hannah. And I'm, I'm not just going to walk away. I'm not going to leave you. That's just never going to happen. So Mike needs to speak up. And she's closing her eyes, like, you know, close to crying. She's just like, he's just a kid. Uh, uh, Caleb's, like, putting this all on her, I guess, in his mind, trying to empower her. But So obviously Mike is only, like, two years younger than the rest of them. But I feel like Hannah's really trying to protect what she perceives as the blissful innocence that she was robbed of. Yeah, like, obviously they lost their teenage lives to age. She doesn't want Mike to, do, to have to go through the same. I Even mean, though he might only be two years younger. Right. I mean, he's lost his girlfriend and he's got to have a tough road to, like with the roids and everything. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. And just, you know, being Arya's brother. Yeah, that's. I mean, we're lucky he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so meanwhile, at Rosewood High, we watch some super dorky bros like running out of a classroom. And then we see like Emily and Spencer coming down a hallway. Emily stops spotting something ahead of them. And Spencer's like, what? And she sees what Emily sees. And over at the water fountain, there's a girl with a jean jacket on that has that logo of the Divine Trinity group on the back. And then as they look lower at the girl's backpack on the ground, they see that floral like scarf or shawl or whatever else it's on Thanksgiving sticking out of the girl's backpack conveniently. And Spencer's like, oh, my God. And she wants to like run at her. And Emily stops her. And she's like, wait. Let me ask the questions, okay? You can be aggressive sometimes. I don't want to scare. <laughs> uh, Spencer's like, what the fuck? And I like that. I think Heather Blakely on Twitter pointed out the girl who killed a guy is telling the girl who has somehow yet to kill a guy that she can be aggressive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Spencer glares after uh, Emily. Emily just has this kind of like beatific smile on her face as she walks over and she clears her throat and says, hey, I'm Emily. This is Spencer. Spencer's like, hi. It's like how uh, cult people talk to you. Yeah. Uh, and they've, they've both got on their, like, nice girl smiles. Yeah. But, I mean, clearly this chick reads the newspaper. She's like, oh, shit. Exactly. That's exactly what it's I It's them. Is, is I feel like Rosewood High students go to school every day hoping that they don't catch the attention of these <laughs> four mean girls. <laughs> and Emily says, we noticed that patch on your jacket. We were wondering if you were part of the youth group. Uh, chick's like, why? And Spencer says, did you ever spend time at River Road Playground? And he's like, um, we're looking for someone who might have been there on Thanksgiving. And she says, I wasn't. This is Kendra, by the way. Yeah. And she turns and walks away. So the liars follow and Emily like runs right around and cuts her off. And she says, okay, well, one of her friends was and she heard, thought she might have heard someone who would have seen her that night. So I just want to ask you if, uh, and then the girl just marches right over to Ella Montgomery, who happens Who's to be walking by. Yeah. And this girl says, you told her, you promised you wouldn't. And he told your daughter. How else would they know? And this chick walks off. And now Ella, Spencer, and Emily all are looking kind of guilty and confused at each other. The uh, the what the fuck, huh? Look on Emily Spencer's face is highly deserving of a gift. <laughs> highly. Um. So after the commercial, we're in Arya's bedroom at night. Arya's like going through a stack of books, and we kind of like look over and see that you know, Ella's. She she has this one small little red book that she puts down on top of the other books. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that book. Um, it's uh, probably uh, the collected works of the Marquise de Sade as given to her by yeah. Ezra. Yeah, but then her, her For mother... For when you want to leave Rosewood. Yeah. Her mother approaches the door. Her mother, Ella Montgomery, happens to be wearing A clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's Ella... got 
She's got like the black jeans, kind of a black like sweater. I don't know if there's a hoodie there or not, but like red underneath. Like she's definitely a coloring right now. Ella is that fun suspect that no one ever has mm-hmm. like devoted red herring time to. Yeah. Um. So Ella says, "Hey, have you heard from Mike? He called when they were near Stroudsburg, but his phone cut out." And Arya, she does her like you know nervous tell where she gets up and turns away to go back to her book so she doesn't have to look at Ella. And Arya says, "Yeah, well, the surface is pretty spotty up there, but they've got a landline at the cabin." She walks over to more books. I think that this is like post. They've had a pretty rough conversation already tonight, or an argument or something. And I was like, "Oh, good. What's all this?" You know, referring to the books. And Arya's like, "Just trying to find a quote from my yearbook picture." And I was like, "That shouldn't be too hard. You've had an eventful four years." Maybe something from Hamlet. And Arya's like, yeah, or Frankenstein. Well, when she says that, she's in the background and she says, maybe something from Hamlet. And kind of gives this pointed look right at Arya. Arya isn't facing her, so she doesn't see it. Yeah, Arya's not picking up on nearly enough, that, the pointed That references. look that Ella just gave her is very just kind of like, hmm? Like, you know, I'm just going to mention Hamlet, see how you react. Uh, but Arya doesn't. So, she just so says... I- I was going to say real quick, there's a great quote, not from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but from, of all things, the Brana and De Niro adaptation of Frankenstein that I would suggest for Arya. And it mm. goes like this. I do know that for the sympathy of one living being, I would make peace with all. I have love in me of the likes of which you can scarcely imagine and rage the likes of which you would not believe. If I cannot satisfy the one, I will indulge the other. I think that's a few more than 26 words, bro. Eh. See, mine would be simpler. Arya quoting Hamlet would just say, words, words, words. Hamlet. The rest is silence. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Arya's is just, alas. <laughs> yeah, so Ella sits down, and Ella, I noted, now picks up that little red book, puts it in her hand. Um, it's a story, though. Yeah, Ella says, Arya, Emily and Spencer had no right to corner that poor girl. And Arya's like, once again, Mom, they did not corner her. We were just trying to prove, or just trying to find someone who could back up Allison's story and prove that she wasn't in Rosewood that day. And Ella says, you are not on her defense team. Arya says, why won't you tell me why that girl freaked out and turned on you? And Ella says, Kendra is a good kid who made a big mistake, and I promise to keep her secret. It's that simple. Arya's like, what kind of big mistake? Ella says, nothing. She stays quiet. Arya says... I've got a two friends that are sitting in jail right now, and this person might be able to help them. So Ella relents. She says, Kendra went to a party the night before Thanksgiving. She didn't know the other kids, and she got nervous. She experimented with some drug that was cut with speed and had a very bad reaction, or an awesome reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was worried that her parents would figure out where she was, where she was high as a kite, and there'd be hell to pay. So she hid out at that playground until she was sober enough to go home and pass the cranberries. Was this like a no con party? I hope so. Uh, and Arya's like, why would she tell you this? And Ella says, you'd be surprised what students confide to their favorite teachers. Or maybe you wouldn't. Well, it's like either Arya doesn't get that point of remark or she just really doesn't care and steamrolls through it. I think it goes right over her head. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that like like two days from now, she's going to be talking to Ella and just be like, by the way, not appreciated. Well, this whole this whole scene is, you know, Doctor Frankenstein trying to uh, relate to their monster. <laughs> You'd be Sorry. surprised what students confide in their favorite teachers. Yeah, or maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's like 
did she see Allison that day? Because if she was at that playground, I was like, she didn't mention seeing anyone else. And why are you so sure that Allison was where she said she was? You need to separate yourself from her. And I was like, and what about Hannah? Am I supposed to abandon her too? Kendra's not the only good kid out there who's made a big mistake, Mom. And Arya like starts angrily going through her books again. Ella leaves, and like Arya kind of looks back and watches her go. <sighs> yeah. Um. So then Arya is in a huff. Ella leaves. Ella takes that red book with her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this means anything or not. I just kept noticing that that red book kept popping up in like the edges of frames. She's like, Arya does not need to be reading like Henry Miller. Mm-hmm. Um. So meanwhile, at the Ezra's fuck cabin, which I'm so glad we could go back there. Mm-hmm. Return to the fuck cabin. <laughs> Ezra's an idea man, Arya. I think he proved that with his fuck cabin. Yeah, um, it's Mike and Ezra are coming up to the porch. It's dark out. Uh, and Mike says, it took a lot longer than I thought. And Ezra says, it takes about two hours. Your sister usually falls asleep. And Mike's like, oh, how often does she come up? It's like, yeah, Ezra, let's talk about your times with Arya, Mike's so, sister, in your fuck cabin. Do you do you think that they spent the whole ride talking about how they've gotten bored with the heroes in the story and now they're <laughs> obsessed with the villains? <laughs> It's like, you know, I basically kidnapped Arya here up one time, but she didn't realize I was doing it, so technically it wasn't a kidnapping. Also, let's talk about, like, all these the evil surveillance material I have on your sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ezra's about to talk. He says, she, as he flips on a light, but then, oh, shit, there's somebody there. It's Caleb Rivers mm-hmm. waiting in a chair on the porch like a creepy badass. The only thing that I would have added to this scene is for him to have been playing solitaire on the table next to him to amuse himself. But I feel like he's leaning back to put like a hard look on his face. Yeah. That's, Uh, that's my, my point of reference to both Dr. No and Casino Royale. Um, And so (laughs) Ezra's like, what the hell are you doing here? And Caleb's like, very pleased with himself. He's like, I thought you might be freaked out if you saw a light on. (laughs) You know, Patrick Mike here, he's got a grocery bag with like a frozen pizza in it. It's like a total bro party about to happen. Well, so Caleb, do you think they maybe brought like the PS3 too? The PS3 and some chickpeas. Yeah, mm-hmm. Caleb's like, "Hey, Mike," and I like how Magic Mike's kind of like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like he's obviously <laughs> like impressed and terrified of Caleb. But uh, meanwhile, the treasurer of Nambla here, Ezra says, "Can we skip the greetings, please?" What are you doing here, Caleb? Well, I'm here for a reality check. Picked the spot. Gets right up in Ezra's face. Look, your sister's Mike's face. Mike's face. Look, your sister's very scared, and she gave you bad advice. There were a lot of people relying on you. You need to come back with me and tell the truth. And then Ezra's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop. We just got here. The only thing we're doing is taking off our jackets, heating up a frozen pizza, playing some Call of Duty, giving each other HJs, and if you calm down, we might even offer a hand job to you. And a slice of pizza, yeah. These are basically like two dogs who are about to alpha up this junkyard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, oh, I just want to like, like pick apart this Ezra scene. Like Caleb's like, you know, I'm good. Well, it's defrosting. We're going to be in Scranton. Let's go, Mike. And Caleb like walks past him with Mike. And Ezra's like, you can't just throw him in the back of the car like a pair of boots. This is a big decision to make. And Mike's like, yeah. And I made it. He walks like towards Ezra for a moment. Ezra kind of like flinches like, whoa, Mike, you step into me. And Mike's like, I want to <laughs> go back. And Ezra's like, Mike, stop. Do not be reckless with this. You have a target on your back, and I know you want to do the right thing. Yeah, I do. Which is coming back and telling what he knows. <laughs> yeah, says Caleb. And Mike's just like, he's right. I need to do this. This is not going to go away. 
Ezra kind of nods. He's like, sees he's outnumbered. At this moment, I really wanted Ezra to just pull out a gun. <laughs> you know, and just be like, <laughs> okay, we're not going anywhere. Ezra, but we talked about this at the beginning of season five. He is really like looking for his grapple hold words. Mm-hmm. He's like really searching for how to like stall and manipulate these two guys. It's, yeah. it's fascinating to watch his like scheming pragmatism. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, fine. Would you mind getting the bags out of the back of the car? He hands Mike his keys. Uh, I guess just to get rid of Mike for a moment so he can talk to Caleb. Yeah. And Mike's just like, yeah, sure. And Caleb has this kind of hilarious look on his face right now. It's it's like almost Emily-esque in its judginess. He's so disapproving, but I think he, he sees that this is Ezra's game, that he's trying mm-hmm. to just stall them. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think he sees that Ezra's want to be like, let's sit down and talk about this for four hours. And Ezra says, you are messing with his head. And Caleb's like, good. He's not made of glass. And Ezra says, he's 16. Because suddenly, age means something to Ezra Fitz. I don't know why we're not uh, Hastings Dinner Theater in this one. Oh, we Uh, we can do it now. I I was waiting for Mikey to get out of the way. Uh, Who do do you want to be? It sounds like you should be Caleb. Okay. You know what? We all have crap that we need to face that we don't feel ready for. Hannah is locked in the cage of people who could kill her with a comb. Oh, that's not fair. What is fair? When I was his age, I was sleeping on the street and trying to stretch $11 to last me a week. So what? Simply because your life was hard, his has to be too? No, but life doesn't get easier by avoiding things. I guess you didn't learn that up on the horsey estate. You want to drag the kid back? Fine. Then what? Are you going to be there for him in the fallout? Or is it only Hannah you care about? The kid is ready to put on his big boy pants and offer up a little insight. Otherwise, I will. And then bros stare down, and then they hear the car starting. And it's like, oh shit, Mike's bailing on us. And Caleb's just like, Mike! And they run out after him. <laughs> oh, I love that he, like, we go from, like, actual, like, an almost actual bad guy's reference straight into the, uh, take that, Mr. Two Ponies. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile, Mike's just like, man, fuck these guys. But I love this scene, because not only is it ridiculous, because it's, it's just the bros talking, but it mm-hmm. really, like, kind of shows their their rival viewpoints like caleb who is a teenager but is practically an adult in the way he stands up to ezra which is not something ezra's used to well once you've been in a christmas sex orgy with someone i i feel like you're on the same level well yeah and yeah i mean i think like he, he's societal a lot of conventions of you know social hierarchy just fade away but i think it's also like why caleb's particular viewpoint shows how he works so well with the liars because you know pretend that the nightmares don't exist won't make them go away <laughs> mm-hmm. even if you do have a fuck cabin somewhere in the poconos uh so we go to spencer's kitchen she pulls out a pitcher of red stuff from her fridge and <laughs> she's like will you drink tomato juice and then he's on her phone and she's like yeah whatever i don't care spencer examines it and she's like actually you might this could be sauce and she pours some glasses anyway <laughs> I wanted, like, meatballs to plop out. <laughs> this is such classic Spencer moments, too. And Emily's like, that girl will never talk to us. And if Arya's mom won't help us, we have to ask Toby. Spencer just stares at her, and Emily's like, he's a policeman, Spencer. And if Kendra is such a good girl, she's not going to lie to someone wearing that uniform. Spencer's like, just please forget about Toby. And she slides a drink over to Emily. And Emily's kind of alarmed by this talk, and she says, what, what happened between you two in that stairwell? Spencer says, nothing. We danced around the fact that I basically dated two other guys. And he's like, whoa, back up. What do you mean dated? I, I love this moment because it has a lot of like similar like moments into what led into the original Dark Spencer saga. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so just like, okay, stop looking at me like I'm the town pump. There were a few <laughs> spontaneous kisses. That's all. And Ellie's like, who kissed who? And she's very concerned that one of those kisses was probably with Egg, and she doesn't want that for her friend. Spencer's like, does it matter? I wasn't unconscious, Emily. Nice. Uh, she says, and honestly, it felt really good to be with somebody who wanted to be with me. Something that Toby hasn't wanted since he put on that stupid uniform. And Emily's like, still just like freaked by this. She's like, closed mouth or open? And Spencer's like, drink your sauce. <laughs> uh, Spencer's back. Yeah. Uh, so they knock on the door. They look over. Oh, shit. There's Kendra outside. Spencer like runs over and lets her in. And Kendra's like, Mrs. Montgomery called me. We need to talk. So uh, then we go back to the hub of prison activity, which is the laundry room. Damn. Uh, Allison's there. She's like working on like one like machine. She glances over the clock, which is behind this like graded thing. And she says it's 8.05. She looks down and sees that the guard standing in front of it leaves now because it's the end of her shift. And Hannah walks in, sees Allison across the room. And then is followed by the uh, the sassy guard from before. So seeing all that, Allison needs a distraction. So she like knocks over this giant bin of laundry <laughs> detergent onto yeah, the ground. Accidentally. Yeah. Um, the sassy guard like sighs and walks over to her and says... Let's get a dustpan. Unless you want to lick it up. Yeah, and Allie and Hannah meet over in a corner by one of the like dryers. But it's it's basically the same thing Arya did for her art class at Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. And Allie says, I've been studying the paper. And we hear a guard say, two minutes, ladies. And Hannah says, forget the paper, okay? There was someone in the playground that day. They found her. And, and we hear a guard say, what's going on here? Everyone back to their stations. Um, so she's talking the whole room, not just Hannah and Emily. Or Hannah and uh, Allie. So Allie like grabs an iron and intentionally burns her forearm, like gasping. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, my God, Allison, what are you doing? And Allie's like, we can talk in the infirmary. Slam your hand in there. She points at like the dryer. And I like, what? And Allie says, just do it. So Hannah opens the machine. She puts her hand on the edge and the guard in the background saying, what's taking so long, ladies? And Allie's like, hurry. And Hannah's like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And Allie says, just hold still. So Allie takes the lid and slams it on Hannah's fingers. And Santa like screams in pain. It's totally hardcore. This is basically how Tyler Durden jumped Ed Norton to his like Zen Terrorist game. Yeah. I mean, these girls are the true steel. They're so, like willing to do whatever it takes. Let's play to your to your pleasures here. Which of those would you choose? What, the burn or the, the fingers? fingers? Yeah. Oh, I take the burn. Yeah, I have to say I would too. Well, especially from an iron. I, just, I don't want to mess up my digits, you know. But I mean, you can you can control the burn a little bit with an iron, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so do it long enough, it stops hurting. God, you terrify me. Uh, so after the commercial, we're in the infirmary at the prison. We see Allison in one room, like you know, her arm banished, like talking to her lawyer Rebecca. We can see through the window behind her that, that Hannah's getting like treated by that by a nurse or a doctor, and Rebecca's like, "How did this happen?" And Allison's like, "It was an accident." And Rebecca says, it wasn't an accident last time, Hannah, or Allison. If someone here is still harassing you, and Allison's like, this was an accident. <laughs> and then, like, Hannah walks in, sits in the chair next to Allison. Rebecca's like, what happened to you? And Allison says, she slammed her hand in a dryer. Hannah's Hannah, trying not to avoid eye contact, you know, make eye contact. Or She looks angry and upset and hurt. Maybe it touched Farrell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Julie says, uh, really? Is this the first time you girls have done laundry? It's like, honestly, maybe where Hannah's concerned, that could be true. Well, Hannah and Allison both roll their eyes in this magical way in that at the end of the eye roll, their eyes meet. And they kind of smile at each other. 
and like a sunshine like yeah. rainbow is born yeah yeah and then when lawyer julie turns around Allie passes hannah a note and hannah tries to pocket it but she's not quick enough the lawyer notices and she's like where do you think you two are homeroom detention this is a murder trial ladies and trying to defend someone who thinks she can manipulate the system is a challenge i never agreed to take on give me the note and hannah just stares her down lawyer julie gets up in her face and says give it to me so Hannah relents, hands a note over. We can see that the note is uh, those, you know, messages, the anagrams they found from Mona's place with kind of like written analysis around it. They still haven't figured out that it's an anagram. They're kind of like more trying to crack the like significance of words and whatnot. The only part I could really make out was that at the bottom, uh, she's written like, like mom, Bethany, Maya, like all, you know, women buried <laughs> in backyards. Which I thought was just interesting. But Rebecca's like, what is this? And she goes to get her bag. And Rebecca's like, I have an urgent message on my phone from your buddies. Better not be another manipulation. So she walks off pissed. And just stares at Allie like, well, man, that was for nothing. Thanks for the broken fingers. Yeah, and then Hannah strangles Allison to the best of her abilities, mm-hmm. I wish. Um, so meanwhile, like driving through the woods at night, it's Caleb and Ezra in Caleb's car. They pull up behind Ezra's car, which is like pulled over to the side. Ezra hops out of his flashlights, like looking around, especially when he sees that the car is empty and the driver's side door is open. And Ezra's Ezra, like, Mike, Mike. Ezra apparently drives like an LX Civic. Apparently. Like one of the proletariat. I mean, geez, Ezra, expect it's a little more flashy from you. Uh, so Caleb comes up to the car itself and sees that a freaking arrow has been shot into the windshield. And he's like, Ezra. So Ezra comes over well, this, and sees the fucking arrow. This arrow is four inches into the windshield, right where the driver would be. You know, it's like it's aimed right at the driver. Yeah. And Ezra sees this now. And then, you know, the green arrow falls from the sky and says, Ezra Fitz, you have failed this city. Whoa. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, yeah. And he just murders him because it's season one arrow. <laughs> so Spencer's Kitchen, by the way, like the flash they're gonna do some kind of like rewind the day thing i mean i know like you've seen the episode right mm-hmm. i mean they're not gonna kill cisco right his dopeness can't be stopped true so spencer's kitchen rebecca's like meeting of spencer and emily and kendra and spencer and emily are like on one side of like the long island counter and rebecca's on the other side and kendra's kind of like at the head being deposed and uh rebecca's like how long were you out there 1 p.m 2 p.m and kendra's quiet and she's very shy and kendra's like something like that two Rebecca's like, were you in the pipe the whole time? Um, and uh, Kendra nods. And Laura says, did you ever see anyone walk by? Kendra says, no. Emily says, but she heard a voice. You heard a voice, right? And the lawyer, Julie's like, Emily, I got this. <laughs> did you hear a voice? She asked Kendra. And Kendra says, yes. Spencer says, a girl's voice. Sorry. And lawyer, Julie, lawyer Julie says, uh, who was she talking to? And Kendra says, sounded like she was on the phone. And Julie says, do you recall what she said? Kendra says, not really. My heart was pounding. And so Julie says, thank you for stepping forward, Kendra. If we need anything else, we'll call you. Kendra gets her things and Spencer says, wait, no, why is she leaving? And Julie says, because it's 9.15 on a school night and I'm betting that Kendra has algebra homework. Good night. So Kendra leaves and Spencer's like, yeah, but that's not the end of the story. She heard Allison get in her car. And Julie says, it's been a long day, ladies. Emily says, but if Kendra doesn't know what you'll be asking her on the stand, Julie says, I'm not putting Kendra on the stand. Spencer's like, what? Emily's like, why? 
And lawyer Julie says, no jury is going to be swayed by a witness who was earlier in the day saw eight fingers on one hand and was picking up NPR through her cavity fillings. We are not that desperate. <laughs> Spencer says, yes, we are. And Emily says, we don't have anybody else. And lawyer Julie says, yes, we do. I'm putting Allison on the stand. And they're, they're, like, they're stunned by this. Like, man, Allie really needs a new lawyer. Honestly, I think Spencer is just happy that the legal team is finally consulting with her. True, true. So we go back to the woods. Caleb and Ezra are searching for Mike. Ezra finds like a torn piece of cloth on a branch. It's a clue for the Hardy Bros. Mm-hmm. Like, like why, why exactly did he like somehow rip a piece of clothing from his shirt? That's just some uncoordinated running from this lax bro. Yeah. Uh, and Ezra's like, Mike. Caleb says, Mike. Ezra says, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, they walk on. They come to an old rowboat that's kind of tipped on its side. Caleb's like, what is this place? And Ezra says, I think it's some sort of scout camp. Pathfinders. Remember that word, pathfinders. Mm-hmm. And Caleb's like, are, are they like, their cabins? Maybe he's hiding. And then there's kind of like this, like, you know, noise. It's an arrow shoots right by in front of them. Uh, and Caleb jumps back. And then another one shoots and sticks itself in the rowboat. And Ezra's like, what the hell? So they're rushing around and like duck behind this rowboat. There's more arrows are coming in. Sticking into the robot rowboat, and Caleb's just like, "Do you see anything?" And Ezra's like, "No." Uh, an arrow that goes right through a board that Caleb was just hiding behind and make it extra scary. Mm-hmm. Ezra's like, "Holy crap! Holy crap!" <laughs> and they look down. There's like some rocks on the ground on their side, so they pick them up and just start throwing them over the barrier, like hoping to hit this archer. Boys will be boys. Yeah, and Caleb's like, "What the hell is going on?" And it's just more arrows and rocks. And Ezra's like, get down. Caleb's like, did you see anybody? And Ezra says, to the left, I think. So he picks up and throws another rock in that direction. And the arrows stop. So they catch their breath. They peek over. And Ezra's like, I can't see him. Caleb's just like, let's go. And so they run off. The heroine ordeal with the the dark archer. Seriously, you think uh, Nolan North could play the John Berriman role on Arrow? Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, that that would be a good candidate for who's shooting these arrows at them, Nolan North. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he could use a bow. While smoking a cigar? Yeah. So then we smash right into the doorway of Spencer's kitchen where there's Toby out of uniform. He's like, can I come in? Spencer lets him in. Toby's, Toby is righteous and angry. He like walks mm-hmm. over, like drops his badge on the counter. And Spencer's like, what's going on? Toby is ready to do some mansplaining. <laughs> I, I assume you want me to do it. I do. I have done a lot to get that. He's pointing at his badge. I got my butt kicked in the academy for it. I, I fought with my dad about it. I even got a buzz cut. You even got a buzz cut, Spencer. Take pity on this noble fool. Seriously. Uh, his hair is his power. <laughs> yeah. And I did it because I was tired of not being able to protect the one person in the world who matters most to me. And, and as usual, Toby, you fucked it all up and forgot why you did it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, and I am not going to choose, Spencer. I am not going to choose between it and you. Well, he's he's coming at all of this like he's laying it all on her feet. And you can mm-hmm. see Spencer's braced up for this. And she's like, I never asked you to. You putz. Yeah. Uh, and Toby says, I know, but Tanner has. And that's why I'm going to tell her she's not okay with me being with you and being a cop. And she's going to have to kick me off the force. So it's like you're half-assedly choosing Spencer, but making somebody else make the choice for you. Oh, I have, I have some shit to say. What if you just uh, chose Spencer? Well, yeah, th- this this fucking pansy 
Like, he he can't even make decisions himself. He's going to lay it all on Tanner's feet. Tanner, who, shockingly, would prefer that one of her officers, who has access to potentially sensitive materials, not date mm-hmm. a frequent murder suspect. And to keep tally, I believe that Spencer is quite possibly on the verge of being suspected of murder in Rosewood a third time. <laughs> but I feel like Toby spent all fucking afternoon trying to figure out, like, who we can pass the buck of blame onto. Because he's frequently trying to go undercover or play double agent to be the hero. It's like, can't you just say you made a bad choice? Yeah, it, it blows up in his face. I he's thought like, I could protect you. I was wrong. Please take me like, back. Ditching Spencer when he needs to be, when she needs her safe place to land the most, but it's mm-hmm. never his fault. Never. He swears it. Never it's his fault. But I think we know. do need to mention that uh, this is all happening with a ton of hand acting. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't see it, but you know it's happening. Yeah. Um, so then he, like, he, he's all passionate. The blood's boiling, and he grabs Spencer, pulls her in his arm, and kisses the shit out of her. And well, I this- feel like that's an easy call for Tanner, though, right? Like, somehow Spencer's still touched by this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they they kiss. He takes her in her arms for some spoby love. It's a gone with the wind kiss here, yeah. It's I like, mean, I, I, guess, like, I guess Toby will just have to go back to being a millionaire contractor now. Yeah, I mean, Rough. Is, this, is this what spoby fans wanted? Are you monsters placated? Mm-hmm. So I think it's time we cut back over some actual bad guys. I don't know. I, I do feel like we're kind of cheating on... on toby and caleb by including ezra in the in the hardy bros stuff here yeah well this is like i feel like what you've got happening out in the woods here is basically the plot the rebel without a cause sure sure where where caleb is obviously james dean uh ezra's obviously natalie wood and uh mike is the annoying kid that they have to i just want a plot line where our our hardy bros think they're like hot on the trail something in the woods and then, like, they all step into, like, one of those traps, like, in Return of the Jedi, where they all just get, like, strung up to be eaten by Ewoks. And they're like, well, great, guys. And then we, we cut to the next episode where we see that same trap, but it's, like, it's their skeletons are in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, well, I have something to say about that in a minute. So, out in the woods, Mike tumbles down a hill, and he gets up, and he keeps running, which is great and all. But I want to point out, last season, Spencer did all this in a wedding dress <laughs> while kicking her addiction at the same time. We, we he- can see that Mike's arm is bleeding from some uh, fabric that's mm-hmm. been torn there. So I guess that's where the, the cloth went that they found earlier. Yeah. Uh, and so Mike's kind of, he climbs up to this clearing. He's kind of probing his wounds, walking around, and then, boom, he, like, jumps right out in front of him and pepper sprays him. Yes. And so then we get, like, POV of Mike. As he's stumbling around, uh, it's kind of all—it's all filtered. We can't really see what's I going on. Love this shot. It looks like they maybe in some sort of playground area. As he's yeah. stumbling around, he finds his way to a pole, which Whoa. turns out to be a tetherball pole. The whole time that he's walking this pole, A is just passing back and forth in front of him. <laughs> yeah, like it's a, it's like running race. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so taunting and evil and, and wonderful. So yeah, Mike manages to grab onto something. I can't tell if he's like being pulled by his actions the way he's gripping that that pole even tighter mm-hmm. and then those like a just like hits him in the face and knocks him out with a tether ball yeah <laughs> so after the commercial we get this great overhead shot in aria's room and she's like on the phone pacing back and forth you know she gets ezra's voicemail and she's like ezra where are you guys why is nobody picking up the landline call me and you get this please and she thinks, you know, hangs up, sets her phone down. She ponders it for a moment, and she weighs what she's about to do. And mm-hmm. she picks up the phone, calls. It's Andrew. She gets his voicemail. She's like, "Hey, Andrew, it's me. I thought that you'd be home. Listen, if you meant the whole twenty four seven thing, then I'd, 
Um, I'd really like you to, you to take a drive up to the cabin where Mike is staying. I can't get a hold of him or Ezra or anybody. And I just want to know that something's wrong. I need your help. Thank you. And she hangs up and sits. I, I like the idea that she clarified that idea because she doesn't want to ride up there, Andrew. <laughs> also, you know that voicemail probably just gave Andrew a boner the first time he heard it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess Arya's like, oh, I don't want to go up there, but uh, if you want to drive up there, that'd be cool. So she's still worried. We go back to the woods. Caleb and Ezra come up that hill, and they find Mike. He's been tied to the tetherball pole um, with the tetherball. Uh, he's he looks- also been, like, duct taped to it. Yeah, well, he has, yeah, duct taped in the hands. His mouth is duct taped. He looks like he's a, a little roughed up. Uh, and so Ezra is like, oh, my God, Mike. Uh, so they rush over, and Ezra has to start unwinding the tetherball from around <laughs> Mike's neck, which I don't know why, but that's hilarious to me. Yeah. I really wanted to see, see him, like, play it out, you yeah. know, <laughs> like, just start oh, hitting it and hitting it. We didn't mention, like, yeah, Mike's eyes are all, like, puffy and red and gross from the mace or whatever. And Caleb's like, no, wait, wait. Caleb has an idea. I was just like, what are you doing? And Caleb like, starts taking a picture of Mike with his phone. And Caleb's like, getting proof. Okay. And Ezra's like, it's okay, Mike. It's okay. Here, here. It's okay. And they pull the duct tape from Mike's face. And we see that like Mike looks pretty weird and bothered, but it's also like maybe he finally gets it. He looks like maybe he's got like a swollen lip there. You know, maybe A got in a shot. But yeah, he's he's a little haggard. He sees the the stakes that he's playing in. Mm. You mess with A, you get uh, you know some archer terrorizes you through summer camp and ties you up to your tetherball pole. Would you say sprays that sprays you in a, the eyes? It's a dangerous game. The most dangerous game. Mm-hmm. So the next day we're in the courtroom. Rebecca, the lawyer, and we really would prefer if they just retitled her to be the Julie character from Friends because it's getting confusing. Rebecca, the mm. lawyer, is talking to the jury. She's laying out photos from Mona's attack in front of them, and she says. Uh, these stills were taken from the vicious attack of Mona. As the forensic expert testified, the assailant hurled the victim of considerable force, strength that came from the assailant's right arm. And then we look over and see that Allison is on the stand. Mm-hmm. And Laura Julie reaches down and picks up like a grapefruit and kind of hefts it and then hands it to Allie. And she says to Allie, Allison, will you please toss that to me? I'm going to back up just a little bit. And Cirque says, objection. Where's counsel going with this? We're going to watch the defendant skip rope, too? No, it's a Gallagher show. And judge says, Miss Marcus, I don't like edible objects thrown in my courtroom. And the lawyer, Julie, says, please, Your Honor, I'm building a foundation. And judge is like, get on with it. It's like, seriously, dude, like, you let this other guy talk about who Jason was fucking for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> Surely you can let this happen. You should might as well just smear the reputation of a good woman in this courtroom. Yeah. But fruit, I draw the line. No so, way see she nods, she turns to Allie, and lawyer Julie says, Allison, toss that to me over here. So well, Allie does. Also, we should point out that the, the three liars in the courtroom, uh, sitting behind them are Cindy Mindy and the uh, barista bro with the glasses, who is also in Mona's army. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah. They, they toss the grapefruit. Toss the grapefruit. Allie catch, or Julie catches it and then tosses it back, says, again, please. Uh, so Allie catches it again. Julie moves further away, uh, tosses it back, and basically, like, she keeps on moving a little further back, and Laura Julie's just like, one more time. So this time, Allie kind of has to turn in her chair, and she kind of throws sidearm right-handed, mm-hmm. uh, not putting a bunch of m- much elbow in it at all. And Arya's kind of frowning at this, kind of like looking at the other liars, like, what the hell is this? And Laura Julie says, was that last pass painful because of the recent burn to that arm? 
And Allie says, no, man, my elbow, this part of my arm, I once broke it and it, it never healed, healed completely. Uh, and Allie kind of points at her forearm and lawyer says, how old were you when you broke it? Allie says, around three, maybe. And then Julie holds up some x-rays and she says, you were just over two and a half. And I have doctor's reports that show that the fracture never healed properly. Ladies and gentlemen, this victim was slammed against the wall, hurled like a rag doll. Something that Allison isn't even capable of doing with a one-pound grapefruit. And the liars are all smiling now, like, ooh, reasonable doubt has entered the discussion. Mm-hmm. This is a good thing. Uh, so then we're going to go back to the Rosewood PD station. <laughs> Mike is in, like, a waiting room. We kind of see through a window and the door that he's in. Uh, he's looking a little haggard. Tanner is talking to Caleb and Ezra. In the hallway, yeah. Yeah, and Tanner says... So you can't give me an exact time that this occurred, but you believe it happened between 10 and midnight? Uh, and these two bros here are looking haggard as fuck. They're well, like, they're dirty, they're tired. Caleb is like practically like pacing with his attitude. Oh yeah. I don't know why. Ezra looks hilarious because his hair is all mussed up. Like, this needs to be in Ezra's new look. Well, like throw in some guy liner and I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Some guy liner and like some like leather pants. He needs a, uh, he, he needs a choker chain. <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling player. you in in pll season seven when when aria and ezra go full goth it's going to be amazing because <laughs> they've been bit by vampires i think she leads him around on a chain <laughs> and he just like rather than talk to people he just kind of like goes like and like hisses at them with like yeah <laughs> spits venom in their face <laughs> end game so yeah th- these bros look pretty fucked up <laughs> and Tanner's like, how tall was this individual approximately? And Ezra's like, I I already told you. Mike's vision was impaired and we couldn't see anybody. Caleb's like, it was dark. And Tanner says, so neither of you can tell me the sex, the height, or the hair color of this individual. Ezra says, no. And Tanner says, in fact, you can't even be sure whether it was more than one individual. Which, just, this feels like the writer's taunting us about A right now. A little bit. You know, like, oh, you don't know the sex, you don't know the height, the hair color, whether or not there's only one. Uh, you can tell that Caleb's about to blow his top. Tanner says, is this the same information you gave the sheriff in Allegheny County? And Ezra's confused. He says, um, no, because we came straight here because we figured it was connected. Tanner's like, you have to file it in the county where the incident occurred. And- Ezra actually makes his, like... Oh, face of incredulousness. Yeah, and Caleb just says, "Unfreaking believable! This town has it so ass backwards. I cannot." Okay, don't you get it? There is somebody after us—the same person who went after Hannah Marin and her friends did this. And then he holds up the photo of Mike tied up to a pole, and Tanner's like, "So just to be clear, instead of helping untie your friend, you stopped to take a photo." It's kind of an odd reaction, don't you think? And the bros look at each other. They they get that like she's not buying it. Um, Foiled again. Maybe next week on actual bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> it was really funny. Like just peeking online, some people are really pissed at Tanner for the scene. They're like, "How how could you, you horrible cop, avoid an, a report of an assault?" But it's like from Tanner's perspective, it's like, okay, so uh, I just arrested this girl. Now her boyfriend is showing up. And uh, this girl's best friend's boyfriend showed up, along with this girl's best friend's little brother. Who have been lying to us. They've months. been lying to us constantly. Now they have this crazy cockamamie story about, like, an evil archer, like, kidnapping this kid. Well, 
their and wounds it, and their photographs, for all we know, is the result of one of their like brotastic bum paddle toga parties gone too far. Yeah. Tanner, she's like, bitch, please have a murder investigation to get back to. She's basically saying, like, file this with the, the appropriate authorities. Well, I think Heather Hogan had the greatest tweet about this, that these girls have to deal with the fact that no one believes them for five years and they're still going mm-hmm. strong. But these guys have to put up for five minutes and they lose <laughs> their fucking minds. Seriously. But I, this... This is why you don't go to the cops. I mean, you're, if ever there was a time to go, it would have, it would have been compromising all their secrets, but that needed to have happened a long fucking time ago. Like, there have always been reasons why they don't go to the cops. One of the main reasons now is that they just won't be believed. Like, Tanner's like, oh, that's funny. Right as your girlfriends are about to go down, you show up with this ridiculous nonsense about an archer firing arrows at you in the dark, and then you took a picture of your little bro here you know tied up to a pole and i'm supposed to think that that somehow means your friends are innocent fuck off well i would have loved to see the follow-up scene where ezra and kayla were like complaining about this on the walk to Mm -hmm. the parking lot and ezra's like did she not see our white male privilege what the fuck (laughs) yeah that's i this is just i feel like it's directly for caleb specifically like the caleb this is why you don't go to the cops yeah, because I, I'm Hannah's basically already. I don't know. If she told Tanner directly, but she told that cop when she showed up to turn herself in that she's being framed, and then she couldn't deliver on any evidence. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's just another, you know, checklist for for Tana or for Tanner to just be like, uh huh, yeah. They keep claiming they're framed when press for evidence, they have nothing. Well, I think Caleb's guilt about this is compounded by the fact that every time he goes to see Hannah. She's selfless. She's worried about mm-hmm. him. She wants him to get out and get away from this, which just makes it even worse for him. So he makes the mistake of like doubling down on the wrong strategy. Like, mm-hmm. You know, obviously my plan actually literally physically landed Hannah in jail. <laughs> so I'm going to try this again. <laughs> yeah, surely trying to, to prove A to the cops is going to work. We just keep trying. And as Arnie would tell you, trying the same thing each time, expecting different results, is the, the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. So, so we go yeah, back to the trial. Allie's getting cross-examined by Cirque. He says, Allison, I'm sorry. Frankly surprised to hear about your injury at this late juncture. Did this prevent you from participating in your school's PE program? Allie says, no, sir. And Cirque says, have you had to steer away from certain sports? Allie says, yes, I have. And he says, what about summers at sleepaway camp? Did that weak arm keep you from taking electives like archery? And Allie kind of frowns, like a little confused now. But I think she also knows where this is going. Yeah, and Cirque says, shall I repeat the question? Did you take archery? Allie says, I I don't remember. And Cirque says, well, let's refresh your memory. He goes back to his table and he picks up that archery award. This is the one we saw in Allie's trunk in 513. Um, Stay out of my stuff. Yeah, he holds it up and says, you not only took it, you were darn good at it. Can you explain to the jury how you managed to beat out every camper when the contest requires shooting at five separate targets from the same spot? And Allie's kind of silent, frowning, like thinking. Uh, Cirque's just like, Allison? Um, so obviously Allison's in a, a pickle here and then the liar's phones all start buzzing mm-hmm. uh, and Cirque says your honor can you instruct the witness to answer the question and the liars all check their phones and each one of them says an A message that says bullseye bitches <laughs> and the judge says Mr. Laurentis please answer Mr. Cirque's question 
And the lawyers are like starting to freak out now, and Allie's looking at them, getting scared, and the judge says, Counselor, would you please repeat the question for the witness? Uh, so we don't hear the answer because we're going to kind of pull out and then go outside a bit, but um, who is the good archer? Presumably A, or, or possibly a minion. Somebody working for A. I uh, mean, we've, we've got a very strong candidate coming up in just a second. Somebody had joked, I think I've seen it a couple places online, where people have like, well, what if the uh, the reveal of A and, and Rachel S. De Laurentiis or Charles De Laurentiis mm-hmm. is like the, uh, the plot to that horror movie Sleepaway Camp, which... Uh, please no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after the commercial, we're in the police station. We see that not Officer Barry cop packing up the box of evidence. I really want to know this guy's name. Yeah, he's got that like evidence too with the ice pick from Boo Boo's ice cream in it. We've seen him like more than a few times now, and I mm-hmm. feel like because I think he's been in more than just the one where Hannah got arrested. You know, I I I feel like you could placate a little bit the uh, the fuck this, I want Officer Barry back with just get this guy a name. I feel like Officer Barry is undercover somewhere, like solving the real crimes of Rosewood. Like he's like this close to cracking like the bike thief gang. Mm-hmm. He'll or, be back. Uh, who keeps putting those fucking kittens up in the tree? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's going to crack that shit and he'll be back. Him and Toby will be vigilantes and yeah. So that that evidence from Boo Boo's ice cream that's in a little tube that's being put carefully into a box, and this cop walks away with the box of evidence, walks right past Toby, who's in his street clothes. Mm-hmm. Toby kind of spots this box, and then he's looking around for Tanner, and he says, "Toby says, Lieutenant, I need to speak with you." Tanner says, "Toby, you should not have come in here today." And Toby says, "It's about Spencer Hastings." And Tanner says, there is nothing you can do. It's too late. He says, too late for what? And Tanner says, to help her or her friends. They chose to help the wrong person. And Toby's just like stunned by this. Uh, she turns around all these like other cops behind her and says, please make sure the door is closed and locked when I'm gone. And she takes off. And Toby like looks around back into that evidence room now. And sees they're you know going over all these boxes of evidence and shit. And then they close the blinds on him. Just to further stick it to him. You guys, he didn't even have a chance to give Tanner his shitty ultimatum. Mm-hmm. But so, this, is um, where, this is where I would have texted Spencer. Because I think it's pretty obvious what's about to go down here, Tobe. Yeah. Also, Tanner says that they, they helped the wrong person. Chose the wrong person. Is there potentially a, a right person they should have helped? Or is it more... I think there's only wrong choices. I yeah. think she's, she's implying Allison. I mean, you would think this is it for Officer Toby, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just a formality at this point. If he stays in the uniform, he's going to have a broom in his hand. Well, I feel like Tanner telling the other cops to make sure the door's locked is basically saying, don't let this asshole anywhere near. Yeah. Now, all Toby can really do to one-up these assholes is maybe like get a job in like IA. <laughs> but, uh... Hated internal affairs. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, like I feel like you can tell what's going on. I, I, I don't like people who claim that like the show is becoming a procedural because I think you're missing the point. But what's about to happen here is like if you've ever seen any episodes of Law and Order, like this is what's about to go down. So we're in the hallway outside the courtroom. Uh, we can see Allison like sitting on a bench by herself, like lost in her own sad little world, like realizing that the that the world is ending around her. And Rebecca walks over to her and she's just like, "Hey," and kind of like nudges her out of a daze. And she says, "The the jury may be deliberating for some time. There's a private room down the hall." And, Allison's like, I'm fine. And then Re- Rebecca asks what we're all wondering, which is, where's your dad? And Allison says, he and Jason went to get food. 
I'm a little too, I'm still too nervous to eat. So Rebecca sits beside her, which how shitty are these guys to leave her alone at a time like this? I hope Jack in the box is still open. Uh, so Laura Julie takes a seat and she says, honestly, I'm mystified. They had one hour for lunch and they managed to dig up an award you won when you were 11 years old. Allie says, they didn't even win it. And the lawyer's like, what do you mean? And Allie's kind of smiling. It's like almost, you know, practically literally gallows humors here. Um, Allie says, I talked my bunkmate into sinking the arrows before I even picked up the bow. We rigged it. It's too late to tell the truth now, huh? I have two words for you. Hmm. Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. And Allie's kind of fighting back tears, kind of knowing how much of her destruction is her own doing. Mm -hmm. Because really, like... Yeah, she could have told the jury that, but like, what does that win you? You know? Oh, yeah. She's basically saying, like, look, I'm a horrible person. Right? Well, I'm not I'm a murderer. Like, look, yeah, I, I didn't actually win that award. I, uh, I, I made my bunkmate do it, and I just took the credit. Yeah. Like, they really, who's going to believe that at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Even if they do, they're going to think you're sketchy five other ways. Yeah. So we see, uh, and she like kind of looks forward, like crying a little bit, you know. We see then we cut to Arya like sitting on some steps inside the courthouse where Spencer was earlier. She's sitting down, texting away on her phone. She's that text from Ezra, which is uh, Mike is shaken, but okay. Just drop him off at home. And she looks up, and Andrew is standing there. Mm -hmm. like, he hasn't just walked up; he's standing there. Staring. And we get like the kind of spooky like symbol ride, yeah, uh, on she the score of, to let us know that like this is kind of unsettling. Yeah, it definitely is. Andrew says, "Hey." Sorry I couldn't get here earlier. How are you doing? And Ari says, kind of messed up, actually. Where were you last night? Is it me or between the two shots of Arya, like, before she sees him and then after she sees him? Doesn't it look there's, like, more sunlight illuminating her <laughs> hair? Like, that, and, like, it brings out her eyes and really shows that kind of earthy vengeance demon side of her. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's like, I, I called you a bunch of times. Did you get my messages? And he says, yeah, I'm an idiot. I was rushing to finish my yearbook page and my phone must have died. Why are you sitting in here? Nice change of subject, Andrew. Mm -hmm. uh, and Ari says, it's either here or in the parking lot. <sighs> I hate this. I hate waiting. And Andrew says, can I wait with you? And she nods and smiles, says, yeah. He comes over to sit next to her. But the score is like telling us that this is like tense and unsettling right now. Like the, the score is like really amping up attention. He also has a black and red school bag. Yeah, tension in what should be theoretically like a little like romance moment or something here. Mm -hmm. uh, so he sits down and Ari says, hey, what's that? where's that yearbook for him? Uh, she holds out her hand for it. And so he's like, uh, I could actually use your help. He gets it out of his bag and hands it to her. And Andrew's like, I can't decide what to cut. And so Aria looks at this like paper of his for a while and she just starts to smile and giggle. And he's like, what? And Ari's like, I mean, I know you're a nice guy and all, but didn't know you were an award-winning Pathfinder Scout. Jeez. Hmm, Pathfinder Scout. Mm -hmm. uh, and he says, 12 years. You never know when those skills are going to come in handy. He kind of laughs and smiles. So, an archer attacked Mike, Ezra, and Caleb at the Pathfinder Scout camp last night. Is that, is it too obvious? Is this... Is the like what kind of game theory are we are we looking at? Is this the writer saying, "Ha ha ha, we're gonna put this clear connection in, and you won't believe it because you think it's too clear, but then it actually is what we intend." Yeah. Uh, Andrew's looking more shady by the minute. 
Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I feel like uh, we're not we're not counting on like the Leslie factor too, possibly. Leslie the Archer. Mm. I don't know if the Archer would really even be A, or if it would be like a minion. I don't know. Well, the minion would seem to be Andrew. Yeah, yeah. I think Andrew, if Andrew's anything, he's the minion. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have no time for like this cute, suspicious, weird moment because we have a montage to get to. We see Hannah's like in the, her uh, prison bunk, laying on her back, staring up at uh, you know her, her meandering existence. Then we kind of cut to a shot of her like looking out the bars, like listening to the sound of the prison. There's a nice overhead shot then of her sitting in her chair in her cell, like a giant book open in front of her, and she kind of just gives up and like slams what do you think the that book. book shot. is it's huge. So, it seems too big to be a Bible. It's three columns on each side. It's some sort yeah. of like reference book or something. He just handed her like a volume of the encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wonder. Here you go. You get the H. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get it? Um, so then we're back in the courtroom. The liar's like waiting, like, you know, bated breath there on the edge of their seat. Obviously, we see the jury there. Obviously, it's verdict time. We see Allison at the defense table. She's feeling that same kind of jitters. Judge Robson's like, have you reached a verdict? And the jury forewoman stands and says, we have, Your Honor. In the case of the Commonwealth versus Allison Durantis, we, the jury, find the defendant. And we zoom in on Allison as she hears, guilty of murder in the first degree. <sighs> I mean, is it that much of a shock? No. I, I, I've always kind of thought that this is where the, the season was going, is that they all just end up in jail. Um, Allie is stunned and shocked. The liars can't believe it. Uh, they like stand up to look at her. They're near tears. Allie's crying back at them. The judge is hammering on his gavel, like order, order. Uh, Bailiff walks up behind Allie to put the bracelets on, mm-hmm. and then Arya turns around the other way and sees that Tanner is standing there, very satisfied, with a couple of cops next to her. Yes, some uniform cops. Like, yeah, he didn't know this was about to happen. She kind of gives the go ahead nod to not Barry. Yeah, she she says something to them and kind of nods the liar's way and these cops like head right over to the oh, liars i like how rh like grabs spencer's arm like mm-hmm. and tugs like you gotta see this <laughs> yeah and then another shot of the the gavel falling and then we're cutting to aria getting fingerprinted and then kind of getting turned around and she has to hold her arms up for a strip search well as you remember that note did say your friends will see you soon mm-hmm. and Arya just has this like totally evil uh, look on her face as she's getting strip searched like you'll all pay for this someday mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're we're seeing emily walk into like where they take the mug shots up against the wall um but she kind of like she's just chilling there like maybe she's about to do a little modeling or something till the cop just like shoves her up against the wall like makes her stop smiling well i love i love this little montage but i love this shot because emily gives her this like hate flash that they cut away from really mm-hmm. quickly. And I think it's more brilliant because they make it such an abrupt cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, then we see Spencer's mugshot where she uh, she does the wind-up middle finger thing. No. Well, she's the old pro. We just cut to Spencer. Like, all the cop has to do is, like, raise her chin up a little. You yeah. know? And Spencer's like, yeah, I got this shit. Um, she's like, I, I I'm give, bummed that we didn't get to see... Bonus. We didn't get to see Arya next to the like the height lines because oh. I wanted to see how short she'd be. Well, so it's like what? Like Emily and Spencer are both about five six, five seven, supposedly. Yeah, five seven to five eight, somewhere in there. Arya would be like what? Like five, maybe one. like five one, four nine. Yeah, we deserve that shot. So then we cut to a uh, just a quick shot of a jail cell 
closing, like the door to the cell closing. It's like completely black inside. I, don't know, I guess that's just like symbolism. It's it's such an interesting like assembled sequence. Mm-hmm. It's not at all what I think you typically would get to to deliver this information. So then, um, our so I mean, what what are they being arrested for? Just accessories? Like, is, uh, is Ali's conviction now allow them to go after the liars for, I don't know, obstruction of justice, accessory? Well, I think there's also the screwdriver thing found mm-hmm. in Mona's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, the the absence of Mona's mom and their fingerprints are probably on that screwdriver. I would think that would tie into it. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that these three probably have, like, additional charges that Allison and Hannah don't. Yeah, maybe they're just waiting for the conviction. Yeah, maybe for some maybe, reason, you know, obstruction of justice, some tampering of evidence uh, like like Capone. They're probably going to get Aria on tax evasion because they couldn't get her on the other <laughs> stuff. Um, oh, good luck with that. So the Aria's like my Excel spreadsheet is locked down. <laughs> they're like they're like, who did your Excel spreadsheet? And she's like, Ezra. Oh, I'm fucked on ice. <laughs> so the A tag starts off with Diana Ross's theme from Mahogany playing, which is extra creepy to me. Yeah, do you know where you're going to? Uh, and there we see this like kind of little toy bus that says Department of Corrections on it, and there's these little toy, you know, dolls inside with the, uh, the orange jumpsuits on. And A, we see like A's hand is like pushing this bus. black gloved hand, yeah. Oh, yeah, black gloved hand pushing along to like this castle. Uh, when it gets to the castle, we see there's another like orange jumpsuit figure in like the castle tower window, like watching. Anna. Um, is that Hannah? I believe it's Hannah. Yeah. Well, my oh, impression is that it's Spencer, Arya, Emily, and Allison who are in the bus or in the little truck thing. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, A, A plucks out what I'm guessing is the Arya doll. Or Spencer, I thought. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's a short little doll. I don't know. It's, it's, it's brunette hair in a ponytail. That could be Spencer. It could be Arya. It could be Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, puts puts this doll inside the gate and then like raises the drawbridge um i mean i I don't even know what this is supposed to symbolize really i know a lot of people are like really like watching this scene to see if they could like gather some sort of insight i don't know if there's a whole lot to be used here i think the dollhouse is one this one thing just a general dollhouse and the idea that (laughs) <laughs> like you know whenever you'd see the map like indiana jones or an old an old movie or like signifying that this is where our characters are traveling from i think you get the the point there mm-hmm. but i think the fact that we then pan over to a picking up a uh, like a prom corsage or what do they call it a corsage yeah corsage uh like out of out of a plastic container you know like 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 you'd get for prom yeah there's there's actually a few of them there but a picks up one lifts up the flower from it and holds it in front of what looks like a tuxedo hanging on a rack in the background yeah it looks like a man suit i feel like that's probably the more important detail or just the latest red herring yeah yeah so that is a tag is moving her doll liars into some sort of like tower jail thing and getting ready for prom maybe Mm -hmm. um and that's the episode. The liars are all now in jail. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like it was an inevitability. They're on their way to jail. Yeah. The next week is called Welcome to the Dollhouse. Welcome to the Dollhouse. This is 525, the one we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. A big A reveal, not necessarily the reveal of big A. Yeah. We're going to get some kind of detail. Some so I don't of... think you could call this episode filler, right? I would. The liars all went to fucking jail. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it seems like yeah, there were some. <laughs> Allie was convicted of murder. Yeah. <laughs> In the first degree. Uh, so, stuff. Uh, you know, how will the liars get out of this? I have some theories, but I want to share them because they could be spoilers. Um, are they though? I mean, we don't know. We again, we've we've managed to. Avoid we don't spoilers. know the spoil. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't know the spoilers, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want this. I wouldn't want to say this one because I could be correct. I guess. Okay. Um, but we, it, it, well, I'll say this: It seems like the liars are in desperate need of some new evidence to appear to exonerate them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so who do you think A is? I don't think they're actually going to reveal A in the next episode. But it's supposedly like if you're uh, an eagle-eyed sleuth, you might finally be able to put it together. Yeah, supposedly there's going to be some kind of identifying detail, not a major one. Um, which it's the internet, so. If one eagle-eyed sleuth puts it together, you'll hear about it mm-hmm. like twenty minutes later. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people want it, there to be a Mona thing. There's the idea. I see of a, a lot twin. of the uh, like Toby as A or Ezra as A. I guess I don't really. I don't see buy Toby. either of those. Like I don't. That's. I mean, I, I can tell you who I don't think will ever be A. More like tell you who I think will be, and Toby will never be A. I don't think. My my personal hope. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna go this way. Um, I just want Mona to still be a. Yeah, I want it to be like the longest con. I, I mean, we already know she already has like the motive and and opportunity and you know skill set and whatnot. I mean, she'd basically be doing like like a Gone Girl thing. Yeah, yeah, but also just the she she would have also done the thing where she pretended to be answering to somebody else. Who didn't exist? That was just all a con. To, to she's hiding behind this this bigger A who didn't exist just to kind of get in closer with the liars. I, I mean, I Mona just, is brilliant, so I don't think you could put that past her true, as a possibility. She is deranged enough to have this kind of plan and to pull it off. Mm-hmm. But I guess as much as I would love to have Janelle Parrish back, and I do believe that she is back next week in some form, possibly flashbacks, who knows? I really I liked, hope so, yeah. I really like the the thing with Mike in that reveal. I love the idea, because I, I, you know, I wanted, I want, if the Mona comes back in some way, I want there to be an interesting wrinkle to make it worthwhile, and I don't doubt that they can pull it off. But I love I think her coming idea. back and being A would be a pretty good wrinkle. Yeah, but it almost seems like we're all expecting it too much. Are I, we? I, that's why I love the the thing where like people who were like, oh look, she has the bandage on her arm. She must be like mm-hmm. drawing her own blood. I love that reveal. Like, yeah, that's what she was doing, and she got betrayed. And yeah, it didn't yeah. Work out for her. I, I thought that was so cruel and perfect in a way that worked for the show. You- um, I know in the preview, a lot of people think that that's Mona's voice that you hear on the loudspeaker. I don't know. Do you think there's actually going to be a a twin other than Cindy and Mindy? I don't know. I. I have to really wonder if if Charles De Laurentiis or Rachel S. De Laurentiis actually means anything. Um, mm-hmm. I would almost think that Rachel S. would make more sense than Charles. Could Toby be Allison's long lost brother? Oh well, I think like wouldn't it have to come down to to something like that then? Like I mean, I think I I feel like they're going to tie in Marion Cavanaugh back in some way to make it important. We spent too much time with that for it not to have mattered, other than just it was Bethany Young on the roof. I feel like I feel like you haven't heard the last of that situation. Um, I 
could see it not really being that important though. But I feel like but I feel like it will come up at least once more. Yeah, probably. In the next two yeah, seasons of one episode. Yeah. I mean, could I can't remember if we talked about this last time. Could Charles De Laurentiis be Allison's kid who she had when she was missing and like gave the CC to raise? See, that, w- that would be fascinating. I think you and I talked about this on an after dark or something mm. where A couldn't be the father because then Allison would know who A is, you know? Theoretically, yeah. I mean, if idea, it was like, if it was like, you know, know I had that kid mind. with Ren. And I've been hiding it from Ren ever since. It kind of suggests that Ren was A. But it wouldn't have crossed her mind at some point. Yeah, you would think so. I I mean, unless it was like some sort of like, you know, like assault while she was unconscious. But I don't think the show would want to go there. I I think just the hinting at it in the early parts of season five was enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've always liked the idea of Ren being A. But I just I feel like him being, presumably being in England, just kind of wrecks that well there are times when you just kind of like when you know these actors are busy on other shows it feels like unless they come back to this show you can kind of write them off i don't know yeah. like i would be surprised if ren was revealed next week just because he hasn't been around enough recently but i mean don't you feel like cc's also a little too obvious cc there's a ton of evidence for cc there um, is there's almost too much though yeah yeah, Which don't get me wrong, I love Cece. Like, <laughs> I love that character. I but I almost just want her to be this narky bitchy person that she is, and not have to be a on top of it. Cece. So Allie has the kid that she has to raise in London or uh-huh. France or whatever. Mm-hmm. That kid grows up to be Cece. Well, obviously. So Cece is Allie's kid from the future who's come back to uh, you know keep the timeline intact. Only fools are enslaved by time and space. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Final, but I want uh, I want to get you on a final A prediction. But at the same time, we may not know anymore next week. So, I I don't know. I don't know that I could guess. I I the other clue I want to throw out real too real quick is the two dresses mm-hmm. that Jessica Dillon just had, and whether or not basically Allison's dream sequence of her mother telling her that it was all her fault means anything. Hmm. Like, how does it tie back into the sins of Jessica De Laurentiis, who I'm you know still very curious about hearing more about her murder well all i see from the uh the show people is that it, you're so twisted well i think andrew like Harper, the finale right? is so twisted back. yeah i think andrew parker is back in flashbacks i think that there's mm-hmm. supposed to be an element of that night touched upon i would hope so i mean the only thing that i really care about for spoilers is is what we've talked about before is the stuff that they tease on like like twitter or instagram from the actual like show people you can't always, you know, make mm-hmm. a real guess on that. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay that you... I, I want the, the text of the show to be my primary source material. But I, I like when Ari Marlene King teases something. I, I prefer that vastly to to Daisy Gate or whatever. So when Ari Marlene King says, yeah, you know what? There might even be two proms. I'm curious about that. <laughs> um, All right. So who's your A if you had to make a choice? Uh, I'm just gonna take the safest answer. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go with Mona. I guess. You going with Mona? Yeah. I'll I'll go with Andrew then. I mean that guy's up to something, right? Uh, I feel like it. There's something of him more than just being a red herring. I mean, you seen that promo photo for next week? He's listening to music like sinisterly. Oh. Also, hey, hey, Peter Hastings is gonna be back next week. <laughs> You're gonna get both both Hastings. Oh, double Hastings time. 
Yeah. We're going to have to bring out the serious scotch for that episode. Excellent. All right. Well, this was I'm a good girl. I am. Um, it's, it's funny is that Allie, both her and Hannah kind of taking responsibility as much as they can for themselves in this episode, mm. kind of realizing that the path of their own destruction started with them. Well, and again, Hannah does it first, though. And Hannah's, Hannah's not willing to bring Mike into it. She's, she's just going to let this one fall on her. Yeah. Um, we, we did that whole analysis without even bringing up the theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so next time, welcome to the dollhouse, which is I'm Arlene King written, directed by Ron Lagomarsino. He's done I'm, a lot of the big episodes. I think he, he's, the director who's only a few episodes behind a number of Norman Buckley. Yeah, he's done a lot. I was really surprised when they like they tweeted like that that mystery photo, like who is the director of the finale, and it was like Ronald Agnes, you know, <laughs> like, like a coat over his head or whatever. Like that just seemed like a weird photo shoot to me. Well, it seems like he would be the most likely choice if it wasn't I Marlin King. This guy does a lot of the finales, so you know. Yeah, I would think it would be premieres and finales. I would think would always be either I, Marlene King, Ron Lagrosino, or or Norbuck. But yeah, anyway, or I guess Chad Lowe. Yeah, so that is coming up. Welcome to the Dollhouse. Big episode, apparently. Mm -hmm. We shall see. I mean, I'm not expecting A to actually be revealed, but maybe something about them that we can theorize and hypothesize over. I don't, but I don't need it to be revealed. I'm, I'm, I guess, one of those few people. I'm not. I mean, I, I want it to be fun. I want it to be juicy. I want clues. Well, I, I guess I could say there's there's various kind of uh, sub mysteries floating out there. Yeah. If we could get something, say, like something definitive about Mona or something about Jessica, yeah, um, I, or I some of the other stuff, you know, like get, get, throw a few our way. That'd be nice. But I think that also. Beyond all of it, obviously this is a mystery show, so we're going. But that kind of speaks to the kind of fans we are, though. That like mm-hmm. we don't do this, we don't watch the show just for the mystery and the theories. I mean, like like Heather Hogan had said, she hopes A never gets revealed. <laughs> That's not the point of the show to her. Well, I remember the King keeps talking about how this episode is like the culmination of the last three seasons. So I'm really wondering, like, are you actually going to clear up like the whole ghost train thing? Because we still have lots of questions from that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we shall see. I, I don't expect all of that to get cleared up, but maybe the enough so that we can, you know, hand wave it for ourselves. I mean, A's for Answers was definitely a satisfying finale to me. You know, not every question was answered, but it was still... And Allie was lying the whole time. <laughs> it was very worthwhile. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back in a week to discuss a Series 5 finale. Um, just want to say thanks to... Karen, Natalie, Sarah, Jenny, John, Jared, Alexis, Monique, Yuan, Sam, Katie, Kendra, Trey, Tiffany, Catherine, Megan, Sin, Crystal, Heather, Shannon, and Amy for all saying hey to us during the episode, mentioning how they're looking forward to this one, you know, us too. And uh, Paige wants to get Mo in on this podcast, so he'll know what's up of her life. So get on this, Mo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are up to 52 ratings in iTunes right now, 55 star ratings. If you like the podcast, you can always help us out by rating and reviewing the podcast in iTunes. If you want to hit us up, you can go to bros, at broswatchpll2, which is our Twitter handle. Or you can go to our website page, which is broswatchpll2.com. Get, have like a little bit of a longer conversation there with some of our listeners. Uh, thanks to everybody who participates in them. 
Uh, I try to, um, you know, usually after I record this episode and I, I go to sleep and wake up the next day, I'm at work all day. So I don't usually have as much time to participate, uh, but I try to jump in there when I have something. Anyway, we're close. Mm-hmm. We're close to the end. Um, obviously, we're not going to have a podcast in two weeks to, to or an episode to recap. We're looking at doing some other things during the hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is this is the short one, right? I think the show usually comes back in like June or something. So I thought it was even possibly May. Wow, that's short. I, I want to say I May. Mean, it's almost we're ha- over over halfway through uh, March here. So wasn't that didn't that isn't that when uh, season five started? Was May? I don't know. I will find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm curious too. Like you know, we know that that six A will have ten episodes. I'm really curious. Are we going to get Halloween? You know, the Christmas? What do we do? You know, what's the special in between episode? Columbus Day? The well, I guess sinister... it depends on what, what time of year it is. Yeah, the Sinister Arbor Day episode. Independence Day? At St. Patty's Day, like Green Beer, Evil, Boozathon. I think we Day. missed St. Patrick's Day. I think that would have happened by now on the show. Well, I mean, like the first secret, there's always flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Or like they did a great movie. All right, so we'll be back next time to talk finale. Until then, have a good one. Bye.